Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What up, what up? Episode 29, realest podcast ever. It's your boy, White T.C. Diddy. And uh, I'm Black T. Matt. Yeah. <laughs> Is it 29? Yeah, 29. Yeah, shit. Yeah, 29. I was. Uh, I don't know why I thought it was 28. I was out with my man uh, yesterday, my man Zeke. He was like, yo, I've known you for about six years now. I've never seen you with a plain white tee on. I was like, yeah, I had to, I had to buy a pack of white tees when I went to the pool party a couple weeks ago. I had two left. I'm like, I got to get these joints off. So here we are. Now I, I, saw, have, I, now saw, I have no white tees. I saw a joint the other day on uh, Twitter. The motherfucker was like, um, what's the boy who owns Facebook? Oh, Zuckerberg. He wears three hundred to four hundred dollar plain white T shirts. Yeah, of course he does. And then somebody was on top of it like and they say white people don't spend money on fashion. And I yeah. I'm like, Yeah, I mean he's worth <laughs> seventy billion dollars. Listen, Jennifer Aniston was like the queen of that shit. Like I would see Jennifer Aniston and somebody would be looking like, Oh, she got some bullshit on. She'll have on seven hundred dollar Birkenstocks. Thousand dollar, uh, like cashmere cargoes, a fourteen hundred dollar button down, and then like a a spaghetti strap, like two dollar shirt under it, and like a seventy thousand dollar Patek, and they like, oh yeah, she's just so plain, like yo, she's wearing like a hundred grand, yeah. like. So so people don't be understanding like yo just because when niggas get dressed it's like Gucci down and it's like logo city don't mean that don't get it confused these white folks be putting the fuck on they throw their Tom Ford shit on be wearing 70,000 with no watch on and yeah. you just be like damn like he's just so so plain and so regular I love his style you can't afford his style mm. I promise you uh, what's good, man? We uh we at the end of uh, yet another week. July is almost over. The summer is flying, man. This shit is goofy. I wish this shit would hurry at the end. <laughs> like these, these niggas don't bathe, man, and they get on the bus. <laughs> it's, it's hot as shit. Yo, did you see uh the, the Cardi B video she put up? I think it was yesterday. She was I, talking I, about. I skip over those videos. You can't skip Cardi B though. You're not a you don't love Cardi B. I just ratchet ignorant shit just ain't my it's, it's not my thing anymore. Man. Like, listen, Cardi B, and I said this on Twitter. Cardi B is the realest woman. Alive since Biggie era Lil Kim. Like, <laughs> Cardi B is this shit, dog. Cardi B said, she's like, yo, I was out and somebody, like, hugged me like this. She's like, and now I got, like, a gyro smell on my shoulder. She's like, because you niggas don't bathe. And she's like, I keep smelling. She's like, I was going to go home and just take a sh- and just go to sleep. Now I can't. I got to take a shower. And she's like, the smell is so offensive, but I can't stop smelling it. Because it's like, ah, it's kind of like a like a gyro. It's bad. It's like, you niggas got to stop hugging me. You stink. Yeah, see, I... <laughs> Like our stupid shit. I, I I unfollow like forty five people today. <laughs> Instagram, real shit. I I, I don't want to see stupid shit. And I I guess I think Ra is right. Like we need. New, well, I need oh, a no. new timeline. Listen, the convo the convo this week between me, Matt, and Ra. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a combination of like Ra, shut the fuck up, like. It's like horrible normal. out here. Yeah. And Rod, like, I just don't see it. And we're like, Rod, you have seven friends. So naturally, you don't see all the ignorance that's going on in the world. You're like a bubble boy, which yeah. is cool. But don't tell us what's not going on yeah. when we are part of it and seeing it. So, yes, Rod is correct. We need to follow and be around new people. I, 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 dead ass. I, 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 follow, I unfollow 45 people. Last night, when I got in from Vanity... 75 people put up the end of power. Like, yeah. that's a low-quality human being that would do something like that 
to somebody else. And it's like, oh, such and such ruined it for me, so I'm going to ruin it for you. And everybody has that mentality. My joint, th- that's my y'all weird for the week. Like, <laughs> I don't understand why y'all do this shit. It's like, what? Well, how does your life become better from you making a post on Instagram that says, Ghost is out? <laughs> that shit doesn't help you. It don't, it, no one. It's just stupid. But motherfuckers really are that retarded. And then I saw one that said, and by the way, Ghost killed Charlie Murphy. Thank you. <laughs> like, Thanks. Why? Attention. <laughs> it's not even attention because it's like you got 632 followers. Yeah, it's, it's still... 400 of them ghost followers. It's just, it's just stupid. It it's, doesn't make it's, any it's sense. A, it's an intention, intention for what they are trying to be or want to be or don't even want to be. It's just like I don't get enough attention for the day, so I'm going to do some nut shit. Real quick because that, that's a different voice y'all are hearing. Yeah. You want to tell them who you are? My name is Tyler. This is about it. <laughs> <laughs> Really my name is my name is Tal, uh, verified <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, uh, oh, you verified? Yeah, Spank is still trying to get her. We rooting Spank for you, Spank. Spank his name. Yo, hanging out with Spank Luda. hanging out with Luda and Kev. He on triple dates on trying Instagram. Trying his hardest. We yeah, rooting look, for you. very uncomfortable. In that <laughs> I like what it's like, like, yo, you all right? Is everything cool? Deuce killed him. Deuce says, like, he's like, look at you looking dirty as shit. In the <laughs> and the fact that Deuce did that is extra crazy. But Spank is very famous, though, so he's all right. He's extremely he's famous. very famous. He's very famous. Like, he's world, not just United States or, like, regional. He's, like, universally known. Like, people know who Spank is. Yeah, Can't get verified on Twitter. Tyler's verified. I, I don't know what he's <laughs> You need to give him the cheat code that you got. I tried to help him. He doesn't. Want <laughs> he doesn't want the help. He wants an organic verification. They hit me though. I didn't. They, you know, they reached out, and I was like, whatever. You're this cool nigga. <laughs> I was like, whatever. They reached out. He's talking about Instagram. They found me. Yeah, I mean, they, they hit my. Get, like a lot of people I knew that got verified on Instagram and Twitter. They just, they just, they just got, they just got, got because they like um, my homie D Nice, the DJ boy. Yeah. He got Hip-hop verified. Yeah, legend he, he just got yeah. verified. She's like, it just did it out of nowhere. Yeah. But you know, he doing the White House and all that other shit. I don't know. They might like I told Spank a lot of a long time ago, like, um, you should just go by your name. Like that comedian yeah. Spank shit is whack. That was in the beginning where they said, like, you know, you got um homeboy living the hood, yeah. the real T P E. Like <laughs> I don't I never understood that part. Like if you're not a celebrity and if a celebrity got nineteen names before his verification that was different, but you're the real what for what? So by him being comedian, fake, everybody knows you're comedian. You was on world tours, like follow him. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So change your name to your name. Then you gotta have like you gotta have a website that attached to your name. You gotta have the right email. You gotta have the right phone number. It's like all this extra shit. Clint is verified on a uh, Instagram. Instagram. He just yeah. got verified on Facebook too. So yeah, so the voice you're hearing is Talib Dean Identity no, Inc. Time out, just Talib. We just that's cool. I'm ready. It's Talib. It's easier. I appreciate it. Will you, Smith is Will Smith, dog. Yeah, I'm not Will Smith. You Talib Dean. That's <laughs> all good. I appreciate it. You know, you know, you know what people have told me? They be like, yo, like when I was really, like, I don't really, I'm so off the party shit, but when I was really like in the mix, like my man, you know Naz from Star Power, he's like, no, nah, dog, like you really like controlling this shit. Like you got an energy like a young Talib Dean, dog. <laughs> yeah, Naz, Naz's funny. <laughs> he's so proper and funny. Yeah, he's like, he's like. And then when he's drunk, he gets wrong. He's real strong <laughs> and aggressive when he's drunk. That's little man complex, I think. All the deadlifting. Yeah. So yeah, so so Talib's here, Identity yeah. Inc. Uh Identity Inc. Uh Live Nation Philly uh and East Coast in general. Uh a majority of the 
small, even to big shows that come through here, um, he's responsible for, and you know he runs the backstage and does all the show coordination and all that. So he's a uh, he's a big deal, and this is somebody that's like a mentor to me, a close friend of mine. We literally talk every day, whether he likes it or not, and um, you know it's just a part of having good people in your circle and in your network. And um, you know he came to do the show with us. He don't even do media, but he's here. Yeah, Talib doesn't follow me on Twitter, but <laughs> shows up in my mentions to argue with me at least once every two weeks. But, you know. Twitter is a universal thing for everybody to kind of, like, voice their opinions. Once you put it out there, it's a tweet. It's gone. It's ours. Yeah, it's like Twitter. It's like, you can't even delete it. It's there forever. So even y'all people that get y'all tweets deleted, they, they have the archives. <laughs> yeah, right. It's still there. No matter. You said this shit. So, but, uh. Behind the scenes, me and Todd was having, like, an interesting conversation. We was bouncing some different topics and stuff like that. And, um, you know, we both kind of settled on, like, historically speaking, it, like, a, a big thing that people complain about in Philly right now is, like, the nightlife aspect of what goes on in Philly. You like, complain about the nightlife. I complain about it all the time. People um, were pissed. Like, I've seen people like, no, he don't know what the fuck he's talking about. And I'm like, like, no, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I do this shit for a living, and I arguably make more money throwing parties than, like, 97% of people in Philadelphia. So, like, and I'm attached to one of the biggest brands that there is as far as, like, notoriety in terms of doing events. And let's not get it fucked up. Reserve Nightclub, the first initial run, that was me. After midnight, that two-year run that we had when we was making $40,000 a weekend, that was me. Uh, Aura Nightclub, when people really start learning about it on the urban side, Thursdays and Friday nights, that was my shit. So I'm more than qualified to, like, have this conversation and say, like, shit ain't what it was. And all of that shit was, wasn't long ago. After Midnight and Mikey's and Aura and all that shit, all of that was 2012 to 2014. Like, I had all this shit, like... And reserve all going at the same time. Like, shit is fucked up. Like, it's gotten to a point where now... Like if you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's. Like, it's so hard. It's like pulling teeth to get people to come downtown. And I grew up in I mean, an well, era. The, the bus is two fifty. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> there's that. And apparently, I guess the Uber pool for that is probably like six bucks a head or something yeah. like that. So it's like I come from an era of. I'm 34 years old, so I come from an era of downtown parties and Delaware Avenue was everything. TPDS, Patu on Market Street, Suede, Red Sky, uh, Blue Martini, Dreams. Cebu, all of this shit like was was Chrome. All of this shit was going on at one time, and it was a million more spots. Egypt, and then eventually turned into uh, Solo, and you know what I'm saying, which was Soundgarden, and that was fucking kaput. It's done. So it's just like all of this stuff was going on at one time, and it was literally like they all fed each other because you would get to a point where a place like Egypt was a 2,000 person capacity, once they hit 18, 1900, it's really done. It's one in and one out. So them additional 700 people that's trying to get in there, 
They go down the street. They go. You know what I'm saying? If it literally everybody fed off of everything, you could just bounce around and just go anywhere and everywhere and literally have a good time, whether you were looking for a certain experience or not. And every spot had its own unique experience to it. And now we kind of in an era where it's solely like the bar experience. And it's almost like if you ask somebody, if you're doing a party downtown and you're trying to get somebody to celebrate a birthday or whatever like that, you damn near like pulling teeth to get them to, to be a part of the shit because you're competing with what's right in the immediate neighborhood, what's a little bit further out from it, and then whatever is right before they get to you. From the outside looking at it, because I'm not a party nigga, but everyone I was around when I was 19, 20, 21, Um, now I'm 32. Like, everybody now is 33, 34, 35, 36, got kids, got other type shit going on. They don't go out every night. Right. Now the people who come out every night are 21, 22, 23. They're a lot poorer. They're a lot more wolfing. They don't want like I, I'm, just, I'm just I'm serious I'm dead ass serious I see the people who are going out right. that are going to these bars and I see the pictures that they posted they're not about to get dressed up and go spend x amount of thousands at, like it's just not right. gonna happen at least that's the way I see it all the motherfuckers who used to party when party and shit was going on are 35 and yeah. older so yeah. it's like you're trying to get a younger crowd to come out that don't have those resources they don't like he was saying the money in the streets is yeah. just not there so. I understand what you're saying, but I think one of the the problems is I kind of uh, I like a little history. Um, from the party aspect, I think I did my first party to the was, mic. A, was a let me see it was a pool party. This was ninety five, ninety six at Fifty Second and Chess at the Y. Chess at the Y. I, I thought the Y was legendary. Like, what Yo, that, that Y was yeah. legendary, dog. They used to have the lock-ins and shit I there. did it with Coco. And he's like, he came to me, he's like, yo, man, we should, because Coco went to Frank Lernison with me, and never forget this shit. Uh, he was cool cat. He's like my, he was my best friend in high school. Um, I was on the basketball team. I was the only freshman when I was in, the year we won the championship. And Coco came, and he was like, yo, you know, I'm dealing with X, Y, and Z. You know X, Y, and Z. Let's just do this pool party shit. And I'm just like, I ain't got time for this shit. I'll give you some money, though. Like, you can, whatever it costs, we can figure it out that way. We end up doing it. Shit was crazy. Like, a pool had, party in the YMCA? In the YMCA. I don't know how he, who he talked to, <laughs> how he did it. What's crazy is I was in summer camp in 95 <laughs> at the YMCA. That was my pool. Yeah. Yo, <laughs> right. Like, that was my- in the daytime, nigga, I was in the swim kit. Pepsi was my counselor. Yeah. <laughs> we had a pool party, and it worked. It was a night, and it worked, and we made some money, and then I went back to doing what I was doing, and he went back to being a party promoter. And at one point in time, you know, Cole was the Cole was the Godfather. Um, he's been at it since then. He came to college solely to throw parties. Mm-hmm. Um, graduated from high school, said F basketball um, because all my peers, my friends, was all big time Adonis All Americans, and they all went to high D one. My senior year, I got hurt. Played like four games. I, stupidest mistake I ever made in my life that I said, um, because I tell all the young folks, don't make the same mistake. I had scholarships, D2, D3, could have went, and I had low D1, I could have went to Monmouth. But because my friends was going to all top 25 yeah. schools, I thought it was whack. I didn't have nobody to say, yo, take your ass to school, you ain't got to spend no money, you ain't going to have loan collectors calling you, you ain't got to cut no checks. Just go to school and play ball. I didn't have that in my world. Um, I had a, I was taking, I was well taken care of my mother and for my mother, yeah. but 
I wasn't like I ain't grew up in poverty and all that shit like that. But at the same time, she, as long as she didn't hear or see me in the streets or do anything, she was cool with that. So, from that standpoint, I never meant going to Lincoln. Didn't really want to go. She signed me up. Said, you know, Sunday orientation. I said, for what? She said, college. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. You're not staying with the freshmen. You're in the upperclassmen dorm. Got your own room. Did it. Coco came up to the school. <laughs> Coco was going to the school. Coco was there to do parties. Coco might have had a 1.9 or negative 4 GPA. <laughs> but this motherfucker was on campus doing parties and shit. And it was pretty cool. After that, Coco used to have uh, our childhood. Um, That's how it was. Yeah, uh, not well. West Philly, Inez. the ballroom, Anes ballroom, two thousand strong. Talk me in again, like yo, do these party shit. Like man, I ain't got time for this shit. I'm on this other world over here, and I did my birthday party. <sighs> and I think it was oh one, two thousand people was crazy, but I still wasn't convinced. Mm -hmm. Like nah, like I'm on this world. Like I can get this money over here. Like I'm cool, but Cole was the person. So the nightlife was ran solely by the street. Um. That's who had, that's what, that was the influence. It wasn't promoters, it was the top guys in the street. At the time, who did, you had West Philly, you had North, you had South Philly, and you had all these top guys, where I, I won't name their names, but these guys who ran their neighborhoods or they was the guys who linked up in the street, but they did the top parties. So you had the Y out North Philly off of Broad and Burks, I think it is. The YMCA? Yeah. YMCA was wild. <laughs> so <laughs> it was a buck fifty to get in, especially if you wasn't old enough. Like you had to pay that money. It was a, it was a well known guy from North Philly who used to do those parties. And this um, was at night. It's nighttime. Yeah. I don't know how they got the pool at nighttime. It worked. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. And these were pool parties. And then you also my hood. Um, you had a legend. You had Donnie Carr. We used to do these pool parties where CC were with with these pool parties where the whole city would come down to our shit. So everybody had their own you know, situation of how they had fun. But it wasn't how it is now. So the parties grew. Um, and I think it came from the owner's situations whereas though they figured out a way to pay their bills and help them fund other, other projects by allowing the urban community to come in mm -hmm. and dealing with the mess. Um, but in the beginning, it, everybody was getting money. So it really wasn't nobody getting, it was, I mean, you might got a nigga beat up in the club, but it wasn't nobody getting their head popped off and stabbed and all that yeah. bullshit like that because it was multiple places to go to. So let's say early 2000, we had Maui. Maui is still the best thing that ever hit Philadelphia to me, indoor, outdoor club. You walk in, dark rooms, you know, little areas where you might have Ray over here, you might have R&B over here, but then you walk out them doors, you got a beach, sand, volleyball, another level over here, a whole party down here where you had certain cats that would come in they was buying, you know, two cases, three cases of Cristal. And it was a big-ass party. That was doing 2,000 people every Sunday. Plus, like, every Sunday, no promoter. That's where everybody went. That lasted a year. Somebody got their head peeled back, and that was over with. But it just moved. And that, for, my, for, my, for what I think, I think that the city knew what they was doing. They was funding each neighborhood. They, fund, they funded Delaware Avenue. They funded, uh, it went from Delaware Avenue to... Old City, and with the Old City, and what made Old City so dope is because Iverson decided to, decided to do, you know, AI Sundays, and Suede was probably as big as this room right here, and <laughs> it was 200 to get in the back door, whatever the case may be, and it was rolling every Sunday night, but what it made it dope is because you had somebody 
who was an icon to the city and to the shit, the whole world. You know, at the end of the day, Iverson is an icon. And that's where everybody wanted to be. But it was dope. You feel what I'm saying? And the party world, I still wasn't even in it yet. Like, I still was just like pop up and do a birthday party here and there. But I wasn't, I, I didn't consider myself a promoter. But again, it was still ran by the top guys within the street who made sense of it. But then you had other guys that came around that was doing parties. You had like Tariq Wallace and them, Lil Troy. Um, Tariq was more so in and out of it. Troy was the one who kind of like did a lot, who ran around, did a bunch of parties. Um, I did like, then I kind of started when I did something with Meskeen. They sponsored my birthday party. Did that, can't front. It's like 12. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles? And a breakfast cutoff. Ba da ba ba ba. O'clock, I was sick. Wasn't nobody in the building yet. I'm like, shit. I'm about to flop. But it wasn't a flop to me for real, for real, because Mesquite already had paid me right. sponsorship <laughs> four grand for my party. So I had these cool design flyers and t shirts. Like the marketing was crazy. Next thing you know, two, three hundred people came out of nowhere. And I remember uh, Jabril. Jabril showed up. He's like, yo, man, don't worry about everything. All these people showed up. Stevie G, everybody, it, was, yeah. it ended up being a, a, a stress factor, but it worked. I still didn't take it seriously. Um, but at that time, my homies was in the league. I had Sewell from my neighborhood who was in the league at the time. He played for Miami Heat. So I would structurally do his shit. I would do his stuff when he was home, do big parties. But then you had certain cats that would still do parties. That made sense, but it was nightlife. You had something to do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And people might hear this now and be like, yeah, right, whatever. No, it was literally multiple things to do every single night where you can have a good time. You ain't got to see the same people. It was just it was just a bunch of fun. And it went from that to you started to see the shift, you know, where you had to pay attention to it. Like, you started to see the shift. And I think the shift kind of happened when social media happened. And I never forget this. I was in um, this uh, um, designer's office by the name of Gil. They're down the bottom. You ever met Gil before? Mm -hmm. All right, so Gil was the one who did all the flyers. If he was a top guy, you went to Gil, got your flyers done. Now, depending on how your mind worked is how dope your flyers came out with him. So from a marketing standpoint, I would sit there. I would have him do all this cool shit. And I never forget this. Uh, it was Coco and Fat sitting there. Fat was another guy. He used to do a bunch of big-ass parties in the city. Um, roll around, you know, the, the, all the all the guys in the street, whatever, promoters. He was one of those guys, too, that was with Coco that was doing these big parties. And he also came from a college aspect, from West Philly. I asked these guys, I said, yo, y'all having a white party at a 30th Street station? And in the train station. Train station. Yeah. yeah. This is when it I was, was at that party. It was, really, it was really dope because you had young black men who was walking up to these establishments and cutting deals. Now, the train station probably won 30 grand. But at the time, you figure if you put 1,500, 2,000 people in here, no less than $30, $40, you know, even if you profit 10, 15,000 off the party, it's a good look. between two people, two or three people, it's a great look because you had a party at the yeah. train station. Now you can invite them to anything going mm -hmm. forward because you're the one that did the party at the train station. Yeah. So I asked them, I said, yo, let me get a third of this party. I'll pay for it. Got y'all right now. Come on. And never forget this shit. Coco said, uh, you got to crawl before you walk. And I'm like, damn, man. It's like my best friend was telling me this. Like, same guy, you will, you know, you call, and I get certain guys and girls that come to the parties, and, you know, and I'm just sitting here like, wow. Because I was salty. 
I said, all right, cool. I said, I'm probably six months to a year. I'm going to put y'all niggas out of business. Because at the end of the day, like, I seen and watched what everything was going on. And I, I like, it was, a, it, was a, it was more of a friendly challenge. Like, okay, I can't get down with y'all. I'm going to run over everybody. Because I see what y'all doing wrong from a business standpoint. Marketing, all that shit is me. Like, I got all that shit. Like, I know how to appeal to, these, to, to the right crowd. And it was 2000. I think I just moved back from Miami. My pop passed in 06. I did my birthday party at Marathon Grill. So this was after that party. The party was a success. After they party they had, I came to it. It was a white party, too, in the summertime. It was a success party. Um, I had a party at Marathon Grill on 20th and Market. Shit was bananas. Um, they kicked the back door in. The, the glass door just to get in the party. Manager ended the night. Yo, I was at that party too. Yeah, manager <laughs> at the end of the night. My dad died that day. He died early that day. And I had this party there and it was like, it was magic. It was bananas. I remember uh, Aaron Owens. Uh, Friend he, to the show. He came, we was yeah, at the party. The we stopped the music and um, we had like, we just, we went to the, to, the, to the bar and we bought like six bottles of Patron. And we was like, yo. He was on the mic like, listen, man, if any girls in here, y'all want drinks, come up and get shots. We're going to pour it in your mouth. If your boyfriend's in here, tell them don't get an attitude like it's all fun and games. We pouring shots in girls' mouth. We having a whole ball. But mind you, my dad just passed away about six, seven hours right before this. Um, party was crazy. I don't know. We probably jammed 600, 700 people in this little behind restaurant. And the back door got broken. The manager wasn't even mad because they probably made thirty-five grand at the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, "Well, how much the back door cost?" He was like, "Like six hundred, hundred. Take a thousand dollars. No, take twelve hundred. Put the rest in your pocket. Don't say nothing. Just get the door fixed. You know, on Monday, whatever." So from that standpoint, it got to the point where though I think we did another party at if y'all remember the marathon that was at Forty Fifth Market. Mm-hmm. Over top of it used to be a club. Did a party in like in a week. Same outcome. And some clicked in my head it was like, yo, you should kind of like take this shit seriously. Cool. Nah, not really feeling it. I went back. At the time, I was close with Tommy Hilfiger, the designer. We was good friends through another mutual friend who was rapping with his son, um, cat by the name of uh, Muhammad, uh, Curly Tops, back in the day. So he was a rapper with Tommy Hilfiger. And my best friend at the time was a producer who was handling the music, and I kind of like was handling the business. Doing that, and then I also got cool with Tommy. And I, I went, I remember Tommy called me after my dad passed, went up to New York, said, F Philly, like, I'm cool. Owners was coming, like, yo, you should start doing these parties, doing these weeklies. I was like, nah, I'm cool, I'm cool, I'm cool. Came back to Philly. I think I never forget this. There's another person who I kind of was like, all right. Do you remember uh, Red Sky? You ever remember yeah, Red Sky? I remember Red Sky. You didn't go out at all. Not back then. Not at all. No. Like, I, it was never my thing. Nothing. I'd come to like birthday shit for people every now and then. Okay, but so, I, I yeah. even now he know. So you never heard of Red Sky before? <laughs> I heard the name, but right, I, I just Market never. Street. Red Sky used to be on Market Street. It was a girl by the name of Tanya who used to run Market Street. Tall girl, nice looking. Everybody was cool. Tanya was cool. She had this shit on lock, and it was crazy because she's a girl. T Bone. T Bone. Yeah. She had Red Sky on lock. She had Vango. Vango on lock. Wednesdays. Sundays Red Sky. Vango's on Wednesdays and. I came to her and I said, yo, poppin'. I said, yo, um, I got this idea, this concept. I want to do the party here. Brush me off three weeks in a row. Last week, I gave her last week. I got to do this party because the time's coming up. Hey, man, you know, I know you're busy doing your thing. I would like to do this party here. 
you know, come bring it in, you know, jump it off, whatever case may be. It was my, it was my first annual Vixen event. And she was just like, she brushed me off. I said, listen, you got kind of like got two options. You can allow me to do the party or I'm going to do it somewhere else. Nobody's ever going to come here no more. You know, she probably look whatever talk, but I ain't trying to hear that shit. Cool. Okay. I went around a corner. It was Cebu at the time. Remember Cebu? Mm-hmm. Chestnut Street? Mm-hmm. Cool. Cebu probably was doing 25, 50 people there on Sundays. It was like basically a chill spot for Tariq Wallace and Lil Troy and whatever. Like every Sunday they would bring people through. They was going to let it grow. I came around there. I was like, yo, I said something to Reek. I said, look, man, I got this idea. I want to do this party. Cool, top. Whatever you want to do. Come on, let's rock out. Cool. I went and got a, my, the girl for the cover was Mecca the Model. You remember her? Mm-hmm. Mecca the Model. She was the cover girl, but it was a silhouette of her. And it was Vixen Party. Let's just say nobody ever went to Cebu. I mean, um, Red Sky ever again after that night. Probably 600 people in there. That was the beginning of Cebu's on Sundays. Then my cousin, uh, Brenda, does hair. She, um, we had our birthday party the following week. From there, that Sunday, that Sunday downtown was probably one of, that was a, that, if you're talking top five weeklies, that was, if not, that might have been number one from an atmosphere type. I mean, everybody, it was people like you who don't ever go out, just had to experience it. Like, they had to be a part of it to the point where I had to tell the owner, I said, look, the difference with Philadelphia and the difference with out of town is that when they take out of town, when they out of town, when they take your money, they make you feel like you're home. And Philadelphia is a problem with, from a security standpoint, to the owner standpoint, to the general manager standpoint, to the the bottle service girls, everybody. They don't make you feel like you're at home. I just took two thousand five hundred, even twenty dollars from you. Treat you like trash. It's just how they are. Like we don't really need you, but you really do need us because the white crowd goes away for the summertime. Y'all dead broke. Yeah. You find what I'm saying? And then on top of that, you got you got people who got money. But the urban community is the ones that's coming in and don't care if they, they know they got to work the next day or they don't get paid for another two weeks. Yeah. They're going to have a great time and they're going to spend this money in these clubs, which helps the, the economy no matter what. So this party turns into a beautiful nightmare. Like there was no problems. There was no fights. There was no shootings. But you had a guarantee of 1,500 plus people on Chestnut Street on a Sunday night. Now, on Saturday nights, the difference between Sundays and Saturdays is that on Saturday nights, it's white people. Same amount of people, no problems. You can't drive down the street. Same thing with Sunday night. You can't drive down the street, but the association don't like that. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, But the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know, it's, they feel endangered for whatever their reasons are. Now we got to call the cops. Mm-hmm. You know, cops got to be out here. But we got a police detail. You know, it's a police detail set out here. But now we have to call the cops because we just don't want y'all out here. And it's to the point where it's though, what's her name? Cassidy. Remember she had the hit record? What was that record that came out? Me and you? Her first year. Her first record. Cassie? Like Diddy Cassie? Yeah. Me and you. Me and you. All right. Yeah. So it was, uh, you ever heard of Latif from Philadelphia? Yeah, he's an artist. Corey so Latif. Corey, yeah, Corey gives me a phone call. Say, yo, where you at? I said, I'm about to go down to Cebu. I said, I got a, I got a, I got a surprise for you. I said, what? He said, I'm hitting here with Cassidy. 
I said, what? <laughs> he said, I'm sitting here with Cassie because, you know, he a big time writer and shit like that. So I was like, oh, all right, cool. I come past the hotel. Cassie goes with me to Cebu. Line is crazy. So it's me, Cassie. It's a friend of hers with her, another guy. Right now, she got number one record in the country. So the line is about a thousand people outside. It's so ridiculous, like you said earlier, about how the other clubs eat off of that. Dream Across the Street, which Coco ran, was averaging 700 people a Sunday because these same people just couldn't get in the club across the street. (laughs) And people turned around. They seen Cassie. Line opens up. They see me. We walk through. Hold her by my hand. She's like my joint, like walking in. She was my shorty walking in the club. We walk in the club. The time it was... uh, it's the old head DJ from West Philly. Oh, uh, Corey DST. Corey DST's <laughs> DJs on Sundays. So this is like a legendary Sunday. You got a you got a legendary DJ from the city of Philadelphia. You got all the top people that's involved in this on a Sunday. You had Tariq. You had Troy. I forgot. This guy named P-Funk. I think he was involved too. But you didn't necessarily need a promoter no more because this is where everybody went. So you got sections all around. So you got Cats. Spending 10,000, 15 grand on bottles, throwing up another 10 grand. You got people standing on top of furniture having a great time. They don't feel pressured. You ain't got security telling you to get down. You don't have none of this. At this time, this is when the city's at all time high. Bring her in, the club like stopped. Everybody looking like, oh shit. You know, they put a record on. But it was like, oh shit, but then I'm back to partying because it was just so crazy. They wasn't worried about nothing else. But that was a random Sunday. You had that every single Sunday. And to the sergeant, never forget that he told me this. He said, you know, this is last week. It was the night, it was the week before Memorial Day. Yeah. Memorial Day weekend. He's like, you know, this is last week. And I'm like, why? He just looked around. It was complaining. I don't want y'all here. There's no shootings. There's no murderers. There's no nothing. We just don't want y'all here. It's not necessarily the cop, people who live around here. And I'm people like, with these seven hundred thousand dollar houses. I'm like, this is the same <laughs> thing that happens on Saturday nights. What is the problem? But at the time, again, there was social media. It was MySpace at the time. There wasn't Facebook unless you went to college. So that situation was such an atmosphere. It was so much fun. Today's world, it's like ah, you walk in, you be like, yeah, whatever. Like it just, it's just not what it is, you know. And again, it leads to. It comes down from a, a venue standpoint, the owners, the people who work in the venue, the promoters too. Mm-hmm. They have a, a huge play to play at this, playing this part. So you go from them days, it's like, all right, you start doing shit, and now I'm taking this shit seriously, and I'm doing more annual events, doing more ball player parties, doing birthday parties. I'm doing all this shit, and it's at an all time high, and the shit is cool. So then I got to the point where it's though, all right, I'm not here to shut everybody out. You know, I'm going to keep my foot on everybody's neck, but I'm not going to shut everybody out. So I started, you know, getting bigger venues. Looked up with a friend. Uh, he's passed away a couple years ago. Lucky, Carell. His mother ran for the senator, Vincent Hughes. She was his right-hand man. And we used the foundation to go get these large venues. Please Touch Museum, King of Prussia. Wherever, like we were just doing, we it was, it was bananas, but we would give percentage of the money back to the foundation. So that's how we was able to get the venues. So you hooked up with you had cats, whereas though that at the time that was doing their own little thing, but now you taking them, that's putting they three four hundred people, and now you bringing them to to a bigger world. To whereas though everybody had their own world, like you had the trendsetters at one time 
who used to have Bungalow 7 down Manny up rolling. And it might just be their hood and, and you know, a couple of chicks from everywhere else, but you wasn't partying in a bar. You feel what I'm saying? It was still a club. Mm-hmm. Then you had, um, still had, you had Star Power, who was more so of a working crowd. Then um, you had the Young Cats that was, uh, I forgot their names now, like what their group was called. It was Ishamar and them at the time. I went oh, in. Oh, Yeah, so I did a, a, a um, oh, I forgot, golf course. You had a party at a golf course, Bala Kim with golf course. People was walking from Sinan Avenue just to come to the party, black and white party. And at the kind, I would find, look out, I'm like, damn, this, these young cats, they out here, they doing their thing. They got all the bad little young bucks at the party and stuff like that. Come on over here. I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a, I'm a show you the way for this world, and we're going we gonna to get money together. Those times was different. That's how I made sense. And then everybody just branched off, and they became friends with each other. You had Mind Stars. They used to have a level room on Mondays that was rolling. Um with uh with Brandon and all them. So you were in and they used and to do a lot of, uh AC parties too, forty yeah. forty and shit. Used like to get you used to do shit like that. And this is this it was multiple people that again, wasn't really no social media. It just was who you were in your own little bubble. And when you branched together, that's what became the urban nightlife. And certain cats would go to the white clubs and have a great time. But in the same time, from an urban standpoint, this was the nightlife and it was at an all time high. Everything like people couldn't wait to go to Lever Rooms on Mondays, you know, and these were just weekly. These ain't talking about big parties that was doing, you know, 60, 70, 80, 90, whatever. These was weeklies that was probably still doing 30, 20 grand. You feel what I'm saying? Because everybody wanted to be there. Those again, those are clubs, you know, but once all once the city got to a point where it's those say, now we gotta figure out how to push y'all away. The difference with let's just say the New Yorks and the Atlantas and the DCs and the LAs, we can't go to King of Prussia and go party. We can't go to Plymouth Meeting. We can't go to Bob Kenwood. We can't go to Villanova. Villanova. <laughs> you can't go to these places like you can be in New York and you can party in Brooklyn. You can go to Manhattan. You can go to Harlem. You can go to these different spots. But we can't do that here in Philadelphia. And I don't know if people realize this shit. We talk about nigga night all the time. Yeah. Like, What's that called? <laughs> nigga night. night. What that mean? They're basically, like, 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 what you talking about? We like, see, like, historically, like, all these clubs open up and they do the same shit. Like, they initially open and they be like, it's whites only club or whatever. And then as they slowly. They don't tell you that, but they do it by dress they code. They do it by and, dress yeah, code. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. They, 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 they basically make it racist enough to where it's like, we ain't got to say it's racist, but it's racist. We don't want y'all niggas here. Yeah. And then as they start to have their financial problems because they realize white kids pop E-bombs and come in here and drink water and orange juice all night. <laughs> yeah. We can't make no fucking money. Now the black dollar becomes requested and needed in order to to keep operations going because we come with cash and it's like you said, we'll spend our last to have a good time. Johnny from Maniunk not doing that shit. No. A question, let me ask you a question then. Why is it, the reason why we get uh, it put in a place where it's though they don't necessarily, and it might not be all, it might be just one person, but that one person might have big influence. They just don't want this situation in the club. And I look at it as, I was going to act. But you go out of town, you're in your best behavior. Best behavior. They in Miami right now <laughs> on a best behavior. You feel what I'm saying? They gonna go to DC next weekend well, on their best Boston, behavior. But yeah, it's like I, 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 
Yeah, I guess. But I, like, I also look at it like this. If you would indoct like if you got a brand spanking new club, if you indoctrinate the niggas from day one when you open this new club and say, Hey niggas, Tuesday is y'all night. But if you fuck it up on any level, any excessive fights, anything that go past a one on one fight, whatever, whatever, any contraband, y'all niggas is done. But like you, you set the well, tone well, and well, say they 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 either gonna abide or or they not, but you at least give them a shot to fuck it up as opposed to just saying no. What was the club you said that uh somebody got got their shit pushed back and you was like it was over there? That was Maui. Like that that's a real live situation. Like you on power. Hey, somebody get popped in the club. That yeah. that's no 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 no. They getting popped in the club. He got popped. If the club is where that light is at, they might got popped right here. They didn't get popped in the club. Oh, okay. They got popped, but it was it was the end of the summer, so they just like, look, you ain't opening back up no more. They turned that shit into a, a barbecue joint. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not opening it back up. But at the, at the time, owner probably didn't care. Owner might have made a half a million dollars in three months. <laughs> he was up you already. Know? So from that standpoint, no, it's I'm like- I'm just talking about the, the issue that you have when you bring out these crowds. No, no, it's I'm like, going to tell you where the issue come in at. That's where I'm leading up to. I'm going to tell you the issue coming at because what I started to see was, I started to see when Facebook started and they had that- Oh, when it when 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 Mark was like, look, I'm calling him Mark, like I know him, but yeah, me and Mark, because we kind of wear the same clothes, so I like Mark a lot. So Mark, when he decided, said, you know, this has got to turn into a financial situation. So I already mastered the college. All right, you don't need a college email to open up now. So that means every random Joe Schmo got a Facebook. You know, it was cool, bunch of girls, everybody have fun, do what you do. Just a new social media network. Right. And as a kid, he used to work for me, named um, Mike Jones, Mr. Philadelphia. He made me a Facebook page. Made me a Facebook, got me in, started the company shit on there. And you gradually built your audience to let them know what you had going on. But then you had promoters that abused this shit. Mm -hmm. And you know, (laughs) they'd say motherfucking Jay-Z coming or Bow Wow, whoever. They abused this shit to where those people started to realize like, Man, what the fuck? This not, this this is not happening. These football players or these basketball players or these athletes or these entertainers are not showing up. But then you had some cats, um, like uh, that was king of like old city. You know, they would they would do these nightly they would they would do these nightly promos for a Saturday and Friday night. They get these little small little lounges in Ace in, in old city, and they would kill it. This is like Rick Lowe's and all of them. Yeah. Like they would excessively promote on social media. And you would get these random people that's just walking downtown, walking to Old City, that would just come to the party. But it's still, it's either, I don't know if you can use this word, gentrification, even in the urban community. Because you got the ones who got the money. Then you got the ones who got the money that don't want to get no bullshit. And you got you got the top girls and you got the, the girls that I, you know, you, you still had that when it came to parties because it all came down to who was doing the party. Right. And that's who they respected, no matter what. Because A, they felt safe. Two, you know, no matter what, niggas can hate my guts and don't even know me, but they know I'm going to have all the baddest ones out in the city. Young, old, it don't even matter. Like, they going to come. And they probably don't even know who the hell I am. Probably not after, the, after this. They probably couldn't even put two and two together. But at the same time, that's what made sense. And it still separated everybody, but everybody came out as a whole and had fun. So we, I, I realized over the last 20 years, we helped build downtown. You know, because I know for a fact that I made Denim, Whisper, Coda, you know, I did two things at Coda, but Whisper alone, and I know I made them over a million dollars. Made them profit. So, and this is like doing 40 grand on Sunday nights at the bar. It's a Sunday night. 
your bar shouldn't make forty thousand dollars on a Sunday night. So knowing this is just having these relationships and having these conversations is like, all right, you come here, y'all have a great time. Maybe it's because y'all so close to each other and you can you, we all 10, 15 minutes from away from your home, but you don't if any problems like I never really I never said you had no problems at my events, but when you're out of town, you gotta get back on a plane. Yeah. So you ain't gonna do no dumb shit because you might not go home. You're gonna get locked up. But in the, why not have the same mentality here? Right. You, know, you still can get locked up. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Why not have the same mentality here, like saying, well, damn, you know, I am 15, 20 minutes away from home, but at the end of the day, it ain't really that serious. You know, it ain't really that deep. Because if it is that deep... You shouldn't be coming outside. Yeah, and you're doing <laughs> it the wrong way anyway because it's witnesses. So it's like it can't be that deep. You can't be that smart. I mean, so, the hammer don't be in the car when you be in other cities, too. You got to remember that aspect. But that's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if you had the same mindset... That, but you can have the same mindset because you don't have the same reality. It's like people being 15 minutes from home is why they come there with that attitude or that aggression or whatever. You know what I'm saying? No, I get it. But, but you can change out, it, though. You can, but in reality, you in, give me a city. Dallas. You don't got, you can't get to your folks, your pistol, all that shit. Like you in somebody else's town. But let me ask so, you a question. From a mindset, let's I'm not, say. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. No, 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 it's a question. No it's a, big, it's, no, it's a great one because the, the question is, all right. I'm telling you why these niggas act. When like you're that. in Philadelphia, <laughs> when you're when you're out of town, your mindset is totally different, right? You initially well, can have the same mindset all the time. Not by your tweets, but it's okay. <laughs> it's okay though. It's okay. But what I'm saying is, you can still have the same mind because I had a party. Never forget this at Denim. It's the last party at Denim. And I had probably the top cats in the city. And God, God came to me and said, look, man, they seen somebody they've been looking for for a year. He said, man, listen, I just spent four grand. We having so much fun. I'm not even worried about that nigga. Like, I'd catch him if I got to. But that's where it comes at. If you got the, uh, if you got a, a, a if, you, if it's seven to one, eight to one worth of women in here, mm-hmm. and everybody having a great time, you ain't got no energy to be fighting and arguing with nobody. You feel what I'm saying? Because I, you're not worried about it. I agree. But that's where the problems come in. I think that they got to understand that if we can give everybody a great time, you ain't got no time to be mad. Like, even the guys you're standing around, you're just staring. You can't be that. You can't be staring at another nigga when it's all these beautiful women just walking around. You know? And I'm talking about beautiful without social media. Like, flat out beautiful. You seem like, damn. You feel what I'm saying? So, from that standpoint, that's where you go with from that part. You know? And it, that's where it led to. So, when the club started closing, never forget this. I was looking for a club for power. I was doing powers after party for about seven years. It started in 07. So I didn't have everybody. I didn't did the Kanye West parties. I didn't did the Neos. I didn't did I did Meek signing party, album release party, coming home party, did Kevin Hart's, did Jeezy's, did Rihanna, J. Cole, Kanye twice actually, did all the ball player parties. But what I started to notice is if you wasn't in tune with the the white clubs and the owners, you wasn't be able to get them clubs. So it actually was a blessing because you don't want everybody to have access to what you can have access to. But when you start seeing all the clubs close down, that's when you started to see shit migrate to bars. But by going to bars, that's when the neighborhood people who wouldn't come downtown mm-hmm. would just party right there. So now it's a mixture of everybody together. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? And that's where I think that it got bad at. Yeah, that's, where, that's where you get your issue at. Yeah, and I think that from the standpoint, it's like no disrespect to the black owners or the black promoters doing this, but in the same mindset, they had to do what they had to do. I got lucky and linked up with Live Nation in 08 before anybody even knew what Live Nation was. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? I kind of found out around 04 when it was Clear Channel and then it got bored. They turned into Live Nation in 05. 
But in 08, you know, it got to a point where though I ended up having a blessing with getting lucky to get to deal with Live Nation. But from that standpoint, it was a I was tired of it anyway because I got tired of a, a demand situation. I was the type of person I was quiet, I was out of the way, and it was too much in my face. And I didn't want to be that person. I ain't never want to be the popular dude. Like I was cool on that standpoint. So I tried to hire a team, but my team wanted to be popular. Like people that I put in position to handle all the bull crap and, and still be successful and make money, they wanted to be all in the videos. And I'm like, damn, I don't want to be in the videos. Why you want to be in the videos? So from that standpoint, it was like, let me back away. And Live Nation helped me with that because I ain't want to do it no more anyway. It really was a, a getaway from my father really passing. So from that standpoint, you watch what's happening. You seeing everything dying. People paying $40 and getting dressed to go to a bar. That got to be wild. Shit, yeah, sometimes it was more than that. Like, I've seen uh, situations where motherfuckers was paying 40 to get in the club, 20 for their hat, 20 for their boots. You didn't pay 80 and you ain't got a oh, drink. It's yet. not a club, it's a bar. So, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Time out. Time out, because I, I don't go out. Did you say $20 for your hat? 20 for your hat, 20 for your boots, and 40 for your admission. $80 to get into a bar. I'm not going to say what bar it is. No, nah, I mean, at the end of the day, <laughs> you got. I, don't, I it is what it is, but you had you had spots like and you had you had you know DJ Boo, mm-hmm. promoter DJ what his name is Boo, I, his <laughs> name is Kevin really I mean he doesn't I DJ. asked him like has he DJed nah ever? he hasn't DJed and he had DJ this would he this DJ would, every no, now no, no, and then this what Boo would do no bullshit your shit would be rolling he has nothing to do with it he will inch his way up to that DJ booth and get on and DJ. And at, by the night over, you would throw the DJ Boo party. <laughs> you would throw it was his shit. Like, he good for that. Like, he'd get on because he knows how to relate to. Where my Capricorns at? Yeah. <laughs> he knows how to relate them, to the urban community. Like, he knows how to relate to them and, 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 and really does his thing when it comes to that standpoint. But from a financial standpoint, he ain't making that much money in Philadelphia DJing. He makes his money from doing what he does. So from that standpoint, you look at from a promoter's, Everybody went on, and you can tell from a hustle, and created their own world. Like, as much people talk shit about Herbalife, Nemo started that shit. You know what I'm saying? And he went from being a promoter to doing that same tactic when he probably realized, but he has a real job too, but when he realized that, okay, y'all can't go get these clubs. There's no more Please Touch Museums. You can't continue. You can't put on, because them venues is, you know, the golf course. It was a party grand. recently at the uh, Auto Museum over there on Essence and Yeah, Simeon Auto Museum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. DS, uh, DS and, and them did that party. Okay. So from the standpoint, is that's what it was. You know, when you get in these big venues, these are $40,000 budgets. Please touch museum. No, King of Prussia was, I think, was 70, 80 grand. You know, this is just to do a party. So this ain't got nothing to do with, this is just to get the venue. But then it's like, well, damn, can we get the people to come out again to actually spend the money? Yeah. Because people don't want to come out no more, you know, from that standpoint. And you're like, why? Because they don't want to go to bars. But that's all we have. Yep. Why don't? Why can't we party? Why can't we have a weekly at these other establishments that's downtown? Why? Why can't? Why are we forced to party at bars? But then you, it goes back to how our actions and how that we act in the clubs because they want the money and they don't really dislike us. But if you're shooting. They lose their license, they can't pay their bills either. You know, they don't even care about the fights because white people fight all the time. Yeah, yeah. that's the problem. The, the difference is that's where it stops at. Niggas shoot shit. We talk about this all the time. Niggas shoot shit up, and that's the problem. When Raheem go get the Draco, 
that's when shit becomes a problem for the people in the club, the neighborhood, and the club. I remember owner. we were going into a party. I ain't going to say his name or where we was at, but he was trying to get his – he had a 40, and he, he had it under his hat. A gun? Yeah, and he was <laughs> like, you think they'll take my hat off? And I'm like, don't go up there with that shit. <laughs> and, so this nigga tap your hat. <laughs> what's crazy is Bull didn't tap the hat, and he got right in with the shit. And I'm just like – Again, that goes to a security standpoint from now there's so many bars open, it's not enough security to go around. So and now I, you hiring a big guy to live around the corner who ain't never yeah, checked nobody. And I, I low-key was like in the back like, like yo, check. Right. Like, it's no reason to have that <laughs> shit in here. Like, but that's really where Hey, my be, man, you missed a spot. You missed a spot, Playboy. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, that's really how ridiculous it is. It's like you're going out with the intent to hurt somebody. You understand what I'm saying? That's where it gets bad. Yeah, I don't think it's even to protect myself. I think it's like if anybody played me, if I'm any, going to if do anything X, y, pop off, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's where it be. But at. again, that's how they mix together. It didn't used to be like that because they didn't come outside. Well, they came outside, but they stayed in their neighborhood. But or they came outside and stayed in the car and laid on whatever they was trying to do, as opposed to bringing it to the thousand person club. hundred percent. But get it though, where the problems came in is that. <laughs> Is when the promoters went to start doing birthday parties and giving these raggedy little chicks money to promote their parties and everything like that. So then you walk up, and again, I still at this point in time, I still put the grind in. Hey, how you doing? You know, I'm having a party. Get the fuck out of here. They give you that, they, but they don't even know who you're talking to. It's like whatever. You just made a great point though about uh, not enough security to go around and like motherfuckers. Just no, start- not enough. No uh, educated security. Trained yeah. security. Yeah. Do you know how many times I've got asked to do security? And I'd be like, no. Like, <laughs> Nothing's going to be secure. <laughs> like, do you want to see my MRI results? Like, my knee really fucked up. Yeah, like, no. But it's like, it's the truth. I've really been asked on a couple occasions. I'd be like, nigga, I don't got a, a 235. Like, that, that's just dumb. Why the fuck would you want me at the door? Like, but everybody's remember, coming yeah, in. Yeah, but remember how you just said about the guy? That comes from that is, it, it's really gotten that bad where y'all got 60,000 birthdays on one party. And I'm not knocking the hustle. Yeah, what? yeah, that but I'm, is kind of What crazy, I'm knocking yeah. is, what I'm knocking is, is that now you don't even know who you really, who you really asking yeah, to have a party. Once you invite little Keisha, and then she invite her brother who just came home, and he invite his crew from Blumberg. They the ones who don't usually <laughs> come out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or they don't come out to these establishments. So now you got that one guy who who really don't care. He had knocking nigga head off. You know what I'm saying? Like, but. It's like he ain't got time for the arguments and all that because it could be really something as small as whatever. That's a bump. But he don't really care, but he ain't used to being in these establishments. And I don't knock him, you know what I'm saying? But it gets to the point where it's though it all goes back to, for me, from a racing standpoint, because A, again, it's part of our fault too because we should know how, us as a whole should know how to act. But in the same time frame, it's like, yo, if we wasn't led to these measures... We wouldn't even have to be doing all that shit. They'd be still doing what the hell they doing, and everything would be all right. Occasionally, you would have some problems, but that all leads to the 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 terribleness of the nightlife. From a standpoint, for me, I don't even do shit no more. You right. know what I'm saying? Like I do shit from here and there, spot shit, you know, annual shit, and shit, shit that like makes that. sense to do. But it leads to that same situation when you come to like. That's why. When y'all, when we talked about, we take, we bring up Meek and his project and his 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 story from the time he got on mm-hmm. to right now. Like I remember when he first got, well, when I met him in 2007, he used to come to my shit 
And it was like a, this this kid used to come up and like, yo, I just don't want to wait in line, but I'll pay whatever you want, whatever it costs to get into the party. To now, he's the star that he is in a rap game. It's the same situation. Like I can, I can, I can, I can understand his music from that standpoint because I see this shit here. Like I see this shit, and I'm like, damn, y'all really feel that way about us, or you really think that way about you know black people. I mean, Trump just does it for you. Like he just brings it out. Like the, what's the dude that's about to fight Floyd Mayweather? Oh, Connor. Connor. Same shit. He just called the dudes monkeys on TV and nobody, they just thought it was funny. Like he just called y'all monkeys and y'all just think it's funny. So that situation is just like, you look at this shit and you look what we got. But then it's like, I can't front. You can have great parties here. You can still have great parties, but we can't do them all the time. Can't get a Saturday night. Can't get a Friday night. You can't do these situations and, and everybody come up. Wednesday, Thursday, or Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, if you try to get a Saturday night, they're going to offer you, they're going to say, Matter of fact, remember the you know the Z bar, right? I had a Jay Z party probably like six years ago. I forgot what it was about. Probably five to six years ago, I had a Jay Z party. I called the Z bar, the perfect spot to do it. They didn't even care. They told me they wanted a hundred grand to do a party. It's Jay Z. This is the biggest guy in the game. It's not no hood shit. They didn't even care because they knew that at the end of the day, yeah, it's gonna be some white people in here, but it's also gonna be black people in here, and we just don't really want y'all in here. So you know, it's a so I had a I had a situation with Z Bar. I went there on uh, Black Friday. I had seven girls with me. I was by myself. I had se- me one guy, seven girls with me. Everybody dressed. Couldn't get in. You trying to pull a Bilzerian? <laughs> Couldn't get in. They like nope, members only tonight. Damn. I'm like, what does that even mean? <laughs> like, were they black women? Yeah. Oh. They, nah, members only tonight. You can't get in. I'm like, yo, there's no way all these people out here are members. Yeah, that gets that. Yo, then, you gotta buy you gotta buy a table. All right, cool, I'll buy a table. Yeah, no, still can't get in. <laughs> <laughs> they used to be like, yo, pay for your membership now, and they used to put you in the system. This is when the guys who own recess now, he didn't even own a club, he used to run the door. They used to put you in the system. This one time they had me, I stood out there for two and a half hours just to get in. I had to prove a point. I got in with like 20 minutes left, paid my 30 hours to get in, got in with 20 minutes left, and then from then I was good to walk up, all right, you straight. And he didn't care that I just had... 2,000 people at a party we go because it wasn't in their world. That's how much we so away from each other. Like, yeah. they don't even care. It's a chasm. That, that okay, yeah, you just had a power party around the corner that you just did 2,500 people. And y'all did 80 grand at the door. They don't care. You feel what I'm saying? And it's like, there was no problems. Like, you had 2,500 people here. And the captain actually said to me, he's like, yo, I've never seen this many Urbans out here at one time with not one incident. Like I mean, it wasn't an argument. <laughs> I like Urban. Yeah, it wasn't an argument. It wasn't nothing. And I was like, yo, it's just a, it's a it's a respect Fucking thing Urbans, that man. comes from the person who's actually doing it and who they attract. I like that. I'm gonna use that. With Urbans. Yeah, because yeah, I can't. I know he's he's he gave me a word. It was it was about black. He just didn't say black people. It's like you know that's how he said it. Use that on mad. the bus. <laughs> you Urbans keep it down back there. <laughs> Ew, I fucks with Urbans. That's a cool ass little word. I never thought about that. <laughs> Fucking Urbans. Urbans, man. Yeah, man. Urbans. But you should come out though one time. I, you haven't been. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm I got a. Uh, you heard of Dion Wade before? No, I never heard of. Okay, cool. <laughs> he's a cat. Um, he's from South Philly. He's a, a star at Syracuse. He got drafted third. Um, yeah, he had a I, he had a great year last year. I know who Loke is. He man. just got um, he just got um, a significant nice. 
situation underpaid. for four years. Yeah, underpaid. I definitely definitely underpaid. underpaid, but it is what it is. Like, he, he understands and he knows he got at least three more contracts to get. Yeah. Right. So, potentially... And this four years is up. He can get another. He get a buck fifty and another buck fifty. Yeah. At the end of the day, fifty two is more than what we got. Yeah. I, I don't know about Chad. No, I'm it's, poor. No, it's fan, I mean, it's a fantastic amount of money. But just looking at the market, it's like yo, literally, if he wasn't six three and a half, if he was six six and a half, he gets twenty more million dollars. Yeah. Period. Because nah, James Johnson get, is on get, the same team. I say he get about fifty more million dollars. James Johnson is on the same team. They put up similar stats. Deion's stats was better, and because he's six eight, he gets seventy two million, and Deion gets fifty two. Yeah. Well, he's we having we having an annual <laughs> suit and t- gala. The, uh, we have an annual gala. The thing you do at a uh, Crystal T. Crystal T. On the fourth, yeah. got Bernice this year and uh, Raven. Raven. Um, Raven. Raven so Tracy, Raven? so Raven, yeah. Okay, okay. I'll buy your ticket. Hey, thanks, man. You can come out. Can you buy mine? How much are the tickets? Oh, well, tickets are 40 so I assume you're going to buy me the $40. No, I, I'll get you the okay. VIP. <laughs> All right, cool. And matter of fact, you know, and then we have an ultimate VIP one, a Dion VIP, where you exclusively you don't pay Dion for anything. You're in his section, and you get a autograph, you know, Sharpie with him, and you're in his section. He gets an average of 60 bottles a party. It's pretty crazy, but that's what he does. I see. I have no club etiquette, so it's like, what do you do once you get in there? It's women. You're in the section. It's w- you're married, though, right? Uh, forget. Like, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you get it's in. Like, the s- it's like Bernice is gonna be there. Don't worry about that. You worry about the I'm wrong. I'm gonna give you the most important thing. If it's too many men, stay away from that section. Right. I know. That. Okay. So you go to the section where there's the most women at. All right. Now. Keep my sunglasses on. Definitely. All right. Um, you bop. What's Bob? You just, you know. Oh, rock. Bob. Yeah, you have, <laughs> okay. you have a good time, and you concentrate on the women. That's it. Do you do y'all plan on doing a swag surf? I wouldn't mind that. This is not Henny Palooza. Okay. <laughs> um, this is not a college party. This is, I don't, I don't. It'd be a, it'd be I a don't tra- foresee the swag yeah. surf on, yeah. on the itinerary. It'd be, it'd be a trap surf. Um, okay. there, what I can say is this is not a party that you walk in and you're just standing there. These are the average of no less than 20-some sections so pre-sold. And these people party from the time they walk in to their suits and everything is drenched. Like, women, this is this is an actual good time. And I can actually say that, like, it's a... Because if it was whack, he knows I'll be like, it's, it's whack. Yeah. Like, I have no problem telling these promoters, like... Yeah, whatever you saying, that shit is whack, dog. Like it know. has a name on it though, doesn't it? Made in Philly. Made in Philly. Made in Philly. Yeah, before. made in yeah. Philly. Yeah. So madeinphilly4.com. You know, you can go get your tickets, but I ain't worried about all that. Actually, realistically, I have no problem with speaking on anything. And a lot of these cats, they know, they know me. It's another little young cats that's running around here doing anything. The good fellas, you know, they running around here. They um, they on the right track. They all still young, and I think it can happen because shit. In a minute. This city gonna be crazy. I don't care what nobody say. Once that Comcast building is done, actually, these people y'all need a job. Y'all just need to go hire, get, try to get a job at Comcast. They gotta hire twenty two thousand people, you know. So and they are gonna pay well. So it's like it's so much shit that's happening within this city that I, you know, that is very dope, you know. So that's for me personally. But come to the party, you know, you can have you, a good time. You I'm going you, for you, sure. You want to talk about the Meek situation, his new album? You said sure. You like um, I'm stuck on to be honest with you. I like 1942. It's the best song on there. I I, I, I feel him, and I feel that whole record. Like, I like that record a lot. I'm going to give my whole synopsis. I haven't gone all the way through that. I'm on, like, 12, where I've, like, actually listened to it, looked at the lyrics on Apple while the shit is playing. You know what I mean? 
1942 flows and uh the joint with Thug on it. Uh, oh, we ball incredible record. What's crazy is I like Meek more than I like Thug on there, and I, that's I because Thug that, bodied that shit. He don't and, miss. He don't miss. <laughs> he sounds like Lil Wayne a little bit on there, but we he already bod- know we already know what that's at. He bodied that shit. I like seeing Meek step out of the box and do something different. I wasn't expecting him to come off like that on We Ball. Yeah. So what it was I, dope to see that. What I think I can tell with the music, I'm not sure. I never. I actually, shit, I've probably been in the studio with him once. So this might have ran every time I did a signing party. So that probably was the first album. Um, actually, I never forget this shit. My best friend makes music. Um, he didn't place on, his name is uh, Rap 1220. He uh, placed on Chris Brown and all that stuff like that. But he don't only just produce... He, he do arrangements, he do everything. Mm-hmm. So I never forget this shit. I'm in the studio. I'm waiting to to speak with him about two things, about the party we got coming up, and I got music for it. Never forget this shit. My time come. Everybody clearing out. Come on, Tyler. You know, there go the beats. Jalil walks the fuck in. <laughs> Into that. I ain't never been in the studio with him ever since then. Jalil walked in. Should have brought Jalil with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Soon Jalil, and I forgot what record that they did that actually made the album, but it was a great record. But at the end of the day, Jalil walked in, it was no more, uh, it was, Todd, we done? Yeah, we done, fuck it, it is what it is. That was my shot. I was mad at Jalil ever since this day, and Doobie and them, but it is what it is. But yeah, like, for me, watching him since day one, um, I see what goes on with social media. And I'm not saying he's not perfect, because I've told him before when he was wrong. You feel what I'm saying? Some of the shit um, that he does. The, the first time he got locked up before he announced with Nikki, I let him know a list of shit that I felt that you made the wrong decision. You know, I have no problem with telling nobody they wrong. Um, but in the same standpoint, as an artist out of Philadelphia, we had Beanie Siegel and we had him. Um, you can give Cassidy his credit. But that was kind of a short run. But he had hits. I remember when Swiss came to uh, not um used to be the old uh fusion. Uh Emerald City. Emerald City. Definitely. He came in and this is what I mean. This is another thing when I talk about from a music standpoint in DJs. The way he came in, <clears throat> he controlled the world. Like he controlled the club. Like he played I'm a hustler seventy two times. On top of that, he put his black card on the table and said the whole bar free for everybody. But in the same top, he controlled the music. He controlled the club. That's why like, I get a problem with DJs when they say, I can't play that new record. Nah, you just don't know how to play the new record. Right. He made us listen to that record. And with his, his his energy and everything on the mic, you singing I'm a Hustler as you walking out of the club. You feel what I'm saying? So that was the dope shit about it. But Cassie had his run. But from a run, little, realistically, over, over a, a lot of time, years, Mel, I mean, you could count Eve too. It's because she was a rapper. So mm-hmm. there was really like, you know, the only rappers. You had Beans and Beans, you know, you had from Labels, Sneaker, Clothing Line, Cartoon, movies. Artist Deal, Movies. He did it all. <clears throat> he made his mistakes, but still to this day, I still think that that Beanie Siegel, top five rapper to me ever. From that, if that, that same person was here, it's no doubt about it because. You got the Rick Rosses, you got all these cats. They all looked up to him. You feel what I'm saying? Dude yeah. was Ross used to come to Philly to kick it with Beans, like and Khaled. They was chasing Beans around like Wiz first came on, we'd be backstage. He'd be like, yo, where Beans at? Two chains, all of them. They all came. And the first thing they asked me was like, yo, where Beans see what? Like, where he at? 
that's how great bull was when it came to rapping. So I see what we goes, was we was going at it the other day on Twitter um about Beans out rapping Jay Z. It's like I honestly feel like Beans when he's in his zone, he's one of the best rappers ever. It's just no way around gifted. it. Like, no, he's he, super nice. What's gifted. that album that he wrote all that shit for Puff? Oh, uh, the forever. Shit was him, him and Nas and all of them on track. Yeah. He destroyed everybody Half on that track. Y'all niggas living a lie. Yeah. Only reason why he's switching up your jury because you keep getting robbed. He was dissing Nas on the song. Yeah, really? like, like the, the boy was, <laughs> the boy was amazing. So I sit back and I see this shit that Meek does, and I see the, the attention he gets on both sides, and people that's on a computer, regardless or in person, I don't think they get it. I don't get think they get. And I'm not taking up for him because, I, like I said before, he has done wrong shit. Mm-hmm. But in the same time, I still believe that people don't understand because you've never been in that. Like you think about it. Think about Twitter four years, five years ago. Yeah. We seen regular people snap off the "Yo, you a nut? What motherfucker? I kill you? Shoot you? In the, <laughs> you're not killing nobody. You just said it on Twitter. You don't go to jail. You're not really going to do anything to anybody. But in the same time, it's like. You can't get mad at that person, but you can get mad at him. Why is he successful with what he's doing? He made him. He makes. He makes mistakes. You feel what I'm saying? But he's not perfect. But in the same time, don't. I seen somebody tweet this the other day saying y'all dislike Meek now because of the situation with him and Drake. So y'all discredit his music. Y'all didn't discredit his music before then because he was on fire. You feel what I'm saying? Before that album drop, he was dropping single after single. He he was on fire. You feel what I'm saying? So in the same time frame, it happened. You know, because I look at it like now, if it hadn't went the right way, or he did, or it didn't happen at all, he'd be in future spot right now. Mm, yeah, I, my thing is this. No, speaking about on that point, like you, mm, I yeah. don't think he's been gonna be a future. Future has his own. Spot. He got his own lane, but I'm a, but but you don't think he 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 uh from he took advantage of that situation. He came out with his projects. Future's a, he's a dope ass artist. Future got a work ethic. Future and Thug specifically got a work ethic, unlike. Anything we've seen since Wayne, as far as consistency, Drake has to be up there. Drake manicures his records a little bit more, so I think the quality is better. But as far as frequency, like Future put out seven albums in the last three years. Like from is that counting the Drake and them shit. I'm going back to Monster. Monster was October. Oh, you consider that? I consider that a mixtape. That shit is an album. Monster for the That's all Nights, original. All that. that shit is that's, all yeah, original. Yeah, that's all. That's all album shit. That's all yeah, album I, shit. He, they call he it mixtape. He had to give it away because it, he had the heat back yeah, up. They call it. Yeah, and and they say mixtapes because in case it doesn't do well, they got a reason to say it was a mixtape. But that shit was good at. That's, that was some. That was some mean shit. You know what I'm saying? Like he was dropping shit after shit after shit after shit, and he was like, "God damn, this nigga ain't giving up." The joint like, with me is like, I was talking to Fats about it before y'all walked in. I'm not a stan of too much. You understand what I'm yeah. saying? I was a Kobe stan. Uh, I was young. I was a Stone Cold stan. <laughs> but like realistically, now I'm not a stan of pretty much anything. I like certain shit. I like Meek. I like Drake. Drake's probably my favorite artist. Yeah. I like Ross. I like uh, Two Chains. I like Wheezy. I'm always like uh, Nas Hov. When it comes to the stands, the stands. Just, when the shit happened with Meek and and Drake, mm-hmm. I tweeted. I'm like, Meek had to have been high. Motherfuckers was like, I said the same. Motherfuckers shit was like, oh, you hating? Why you? Hating? I'm like, he. It, 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 this had to be some high emotional yeah. shit. It don't even make sense. Like him ghostwriting. Everyone has a ghostwriter. This doesn't make sense. Then fast forward, meet go on an interview and Everyone say, "Everyone don't." I was on Perks and I was on Lean. Ninety six percent of these guys. I, I got think I think with the problem with, with the ghostwriting. Can I finish this real quick? Go ahead. Quick. Go ahead. 
I, I say that and motherfuckers get mad at me. Then fast forward now, Meek goes on Ebro and, he says, what he was and doing. says, I was on lean and perks and I was just He's tripping. I was perked out of my mind. And, and everybody like, yeah, that's grown man talk. And I'm like, I said this shit two years ago and y'all crucified me. It's like, I wasn't hating. I was just being realistic. Me and Nelly talked but, about that point extensively. Like, I was like, yo, we all be a, if you from Philadelphia, you're going to come in contact with somebody that's on lean and perks. It's just inevitable. Whether you want to come in contact with them or not, I'm like, that's drugs. Like one I of my <laughs> best friends, he's like he was addicted to perk thirties at one point. It was when I, you come I, down off that high, you be snapping. Nelly like, yo, I used to live. She's like, I used to live with a nigga that did perks. When he come down off that high, he hate everybody. But then that's the life I was just saying. <laughs> when people don't understand what drove him to do that, or who he was around, or whatever the case may be, it could have just been just the pressure of this. This like I gotta literally provide for X amount of people. You know what I'm saying? And I got to continue to put out good music or whatever the case may be because if I don't make no money, if I don't stay on the road, these motherfuckers can't necessarily eat. But the issue that like me and a lot of other people had when it came to Meek was it's not about you. I, I don't get in. I don't know you. So I don't, I don't like people get mad at me because I say I don't give a fuck about nobody's personal life. I don't give a fuck about no basketball player. You personal should. Life. I, I, I want to see you play basketball. If you're not going to play basketball, I don't give a fuck. I don't, you're not a role model to me. I'm not looking up to you. I had a dad. It's like when it comes to you being a rapper and you not rapping, there's a problem. There's a disconnect. Because for all of that, I could be a rapper and not put music out. But it's like realistically, me, a lot of other rappers. Think you was talking about Pusha T a couple weeks ago. Yeah. L- rappers literally get into these whole little downward spiral droughts where it's just no music coming out. And that's why we talk about dudes like Future, Drake, Thug, where every time you blink, it's some new yeah. hot shit out. But it might and not be good, though. It's some new hot shit out, I said. No, hot shit. Them three in particular. And this is this was the knock when it came to, to Meek. Meek, I said it earlier today. I say it on air now. He's one of the best rappers we may have ever seen from a young street standpoint. You you can feel when he talk about it. I told you he's talking about how much I loved uh, R.I.P. Lil Snoop. Yeah. His whole come off in that song. They try to lock me in the dark. This nigga still shine. Like, you feel that. But... It come out and then it don't be nothing else for months. That was the issue. So and you want a, him to constantly keep dropping? Why not? That's just the game. Like, but it's not. But it's. But that's again. It's. It's. it's uh, all right. You can look at it this. Remember what you just said. You said he's a rapper, right? Um, it's a difference between rappers, artists, and I don't know what else you can call them. Like, like, like. You see the, the article with Joey Badass saying how everybody should be in different categories. It's really a. Di- it might not be. As easy for him to keep constantly come up, because he's speaking about real life shit. Whether it's his life, whether it's homie life, he's not making records that's going to chart top forty. You ain't talking about my homie little kilt guy with a, with a bag of dope, but you not you can't talk about that and be top forty. I agree. Only person who made that was Jay with Annie. You can't talk about that. So it gotta be that type of music. So that type of music doesn't come from that world. That comes from just being around. 24-7, musically, music, musically people, you know what I'm saying? Whether it's writers, whether it's concepts, those situations, that's where that shit come from. When you're speaking about real life shit, how much, I mean, prime example, look at Jeezy. Jeezy, when he first came, Jeezy is the biggest thing outside of Jeezy to come to Philadelphia. You know what I'm saying? He is probably the biggest trap rapper ever. You know what I'm saying? But in the same time, look how this shit, he never went top 40. Never ever went top. He stayed true to who he was, but he went from platinum, platinum, to platinum. What was three or four in a row? 
like four in a row. Platinum, 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 platinum. Then they started going gold and barely gold and maybe gold. Like Ross. Yeah, you find what I'm saying? But nah, Ross ain't got that many platinum albums from the gate. Jeezy was going platinum from the gate. Jeezy, Ross first one was platinum. Second John had to have been platinum. That was his biggest hit of his career, maybe. Uh, we gotta check the numbers. I'm talking about Port of Miami was platinum. We we can check over the numbers. time. Port of Miami did like 900 the first and year, and then the second then album had platinum. I'm a boss. That but it was wasn't taking Jeezy a year to go platinum. He was like platinum. Yeah, platinum, like, I, platinum I agree, platinum, Jeezy platinum. was bigger. I'm just saying like, Ross was the same. Oh no, dude. no, 100. Like, Ross had like four straight number ones coming out. But so, Ross is still Ross was more of a, uh, a, a lyrically. He's still like he'd talk about his the street life and the feelings, but he also give you. Some shit with Michelle. You know what I'm saying? He give you the other rap. Jeezy stand in this world right here. So that's really the same world that Meek Bill is in. Like, you know, essentially he got to give you a radio record because he got to figure out a way to get to the charts because of whatever case may be. But he's t it's initially he's going to stay in this world. My bad. So, so again, like, I don't care about – well, actually, I do care because I look at it. He's a representation of Philadelphia. And I feel like that if what people don't understand, if he don't succeed, we fucked. Look who we had before then. We had Beans and we had him. Yeah. Uzi didn't get on from Philadelphia. He got on in Atlanta and, and dealing with mm -hmm. and the techno world Dark and all that shit like that. And PNB Rock is not that type of artist. PNB Rock got a bunch of, he got platinum records under his belt now and gold records and shit like that. But he's not officially rapping about that type of shit. He made one, he made one song in that vein of like what the industry expect from Philly. That's my city needs something. All the rest of that shit is pop records. Like and not that it's, I'm I love the pop records because I love pop music but it ain't in the it ain't he ain't that self is a big ass record yeah he but he's just saying the, he ain't pigeonholed to the Philly shit because he only did one of them type of records so so what do you think of me too like what do you rate it one out of ten I'm not rating it yet okay because I the, the another thing people y'all get these records and y'all stream them y'all listen to them listen to them on y'all phones listen to them on y'all computers that shit sounds it's a whole horrible field. yeah I agree I don't know what kind of cars y'all got. But if you got a bowls of better in your in your mm -hmm. car, turn that bitch all the way up and listen to that shit not. Like I, I, I ain't gonna hold you the wee ball. I, when I listen to it in the car, I'm like, God damn, yeah. this shit sound good. I, I couldn't get out. I got stuck in the car it, listening it, to it. It's a, it's like, a, I'm still listening to four four four. Like you gotta listen to these records. Like I couldn't get past Family Feud. The way I that know. shit ring in the, in the in the car. I got past it. You feel <laughs> what I'm saying? I mean, I, it's, it's the record. I, I, I love the record. But what I'm saying is, I, even like I didn't realize how good band was. You feel what I'm saying? It's like. I see these people, the record come out at 12 o'clock. It's 12 yeah, o'clock. Yo, this shit garbage. Well, a, shit I agree. How? It's like you listening to uh, you listening to a high-quality produced album. You got no ID or you got motherfucking Dougie and, and Quavo and all these people that's putting all of this work into creating this piece of art. And then you listen to it on an iPhone 3GS with some $4 headphones oh, from the it. poppy store. And you like, this shit is garbage. That like, leads back to, I can see y'all talk poor a lot because that leads back to your whole poor thing. Who the fuck got the iPhone 3 3G? Oh shit! You'd be surprised. There's some 3Gs out there, <laughs> and there's some it's some iPhone sixes on a track phone uh, service as well. What the fuck is that? Exactly, Radio Shack service. Somebody texted me the other day, and it came through blue, but <laughs> one of two parts. I'm like, are you on a one G? Like, what the fuck? No, but really, like I when I listened to it, I didn't really like the first song. Uh, that you don't feel that? And that should come on. I, it's, it's, in the, it's a phone or in your car? I phone will. Like, no, my thing is, I, I just, I like to see growth. And I, for me, when I heard wins and losses, I really thought he was going to get, like, deep. Deep. Yeah. When it came to the his shit. His wins and his losses? Like, bo like both sides. But then I think it had been gossip. 
Nah, not, it's, it's a way you can do it and not do that. Maybe he didn't understand how to put how to put that in that way. But I'm trying to think of like a. Because he uh, don't really want to talk about the like Drake Jay-Z, shit. Like Jay Z, a million. And he one don't want to talk about the about the Nicki shit. Million and one questions. A million. How, how, how you match I, a platinum rapper buck I, by buck with only I, a single going gold? I was going to use. Shit, you know what I'm I was going to use Jay Z off of the Black Album. Uh, Which one? What more can I say? What more can I say? And allure and shit yeah. like that. And even four four four, like the the John, uh, the the four four four. But he's at a point in his career where he can I mean, talk granted, about. Jay-Z's but he been talking that, about this shit. Yeah, but I'm talking about really in depth though, like really saying I fucked up. Like you remember Kanye on the college dropout yeah. at the end when he was talking about meeting the Rock and all that yeah. shit, and he was like, "Yeah, I did the beat." He was still a fan. Up, sped up the Harold Melville sample, yeah. Harold Melville seven and sample, and gave it to Jay Z, and they was like, "Yeah, man, we did the John, we did this can't be life." He's like, and they played it, and he was like. I didn't want this Jay Z. He was like, I wanted the, you know, the interest, like the the deeper. But it, it's like that's kind of for your point. I don't think, I don't know. Again, but I, I I don't think Meeks has ever been produced. That's what I. That's, that's where, the difference honestly, between that's where those I was artists. Go next. Yeah. It's like I don't think Meek really has gone in the studio with someone like how Snoop goes in with Dr. Dre or how I, how the clips was going in with Pharrell. Exactly. He's, a, he's never been. He he gets his beats. He records. He gives you what he gives you, but I think that he, I, I don't know. Again, I never was in the studio. I don't, I don't, well, I was in the studio at one time, but Not even still, recording. even that time in the studio, he was just playing beats and I'm watching this nigga just go in the fucking booth and just record. Like, just I, like I honestly feel like Meek hasn't even come close to his like potential, pen, yeah. Pen, yeah, any of that. But it's like, you look at certain dudes, like you look at how raw Biggie came off on Ready to Die, right? And I'm not comparing Meek to Biggie, but you look at Ready to Die, it was just raw you know, and I'm stressed, yo, Biggie, let me get the vest, like, all of them, to where by the time Life After Death dropped, you was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, you hear a record like, like, you're nobody until somebody kills you, and he's doing the calmest rapping ever, and it's the most descriptive shit to this day I've ever heard in my life. He also had somebody, he also had, like, outside of his, 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 uh, his producers, he still had Puff, exactly. who was an engineer, who's a god when it comes like to when, music Like, when you saw the Defiant Ones, where Snoop said... I just knew how to freestyle. I didn't even know how to write. Yeah, yeah. He's like, DOC had to sit me down. I'm like, do this, like this, and yeah, that. And this he's and like, that's where this. I got that line from. And it's like, I don't think, for, for me, Meek having the, Meek got like, what do you got, like 12 million Instagram followers or some shit yeah. like that? You dated Nikki. You got this feud with Drake. You, you were, like, Meek became a real live thing in the media. You know what I'm saying? You would have thought somebody by now would have just been like, yo. Let's do this. It's Let's not try. that. It's, 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 it, 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 who knows it never happened. The control starts and stops with him. Yeah. So God, he said he tried. Whatever decisions he makes, it's, I'm not saying that he don't listen to nobody because, again, I'm not involved in his camp, so I don't know. But on the same side, it ends and stops with him. Like, I, I want to see Meek be successful for a long time. I mean, he's from, from the city. I want to see that. So it's like I don't want to see him just burn out, fizzle out, because you look at the records – they, they, some of the records sound like DC4. I kind of so. think that would have happened already. And the only reason I'm saying is because I think he me, got a record that's going to stand the test of time. The intro. The intro. The intro is not boss. going no. Like, I'll be sitting here like, this is fucking insane. Like, I just posted a video on Insta Snap of my Whisper Days when SNS was DJing and <laughs> they just sung this shit. And I'm sitting here like, all right, maybe this is a Philly thing. I've seen this shit happen in other cities yeah. without him even being aware. I'm just sitting here like, I mean, shit, Drake said it. Like, yo, this is the fucking one of the greatest records of our time. So it's just like, from that standpoint, like, I don't think he's going to wear it from that standpoint. And then, you know, 
I don't think he's going over from that standpoint. I just think that from from again, I think if he if he gets with his next project, I think if he me personally, if he gets with two, maybe three producers and just say, look, I'm fucking with y'all. We're gonna go in, we're gonna do 15 records, we're gonna do 15 records, we're gonna do 15, together as one. I think we we might get a better situation. But again, to me, this is still his best album. Absolutely. He has a run yeah, of songs. So again, he gotta be getting better. He has a no, I, I, that's why I said I don't think he's reached his pinnacle. He has a run of songs on this album from 1942 flows down to like the Never Lose record with lights. This is the this is the 1942 issues. We ball these scars with future and Jordan connected dots fall through and then never lose. That's a run of records in the dead center of his album. That's like, what the fuck? Like all excellent records and they all different. So it's like if he can do that for a 12 track album, then it's like Meek might like the best nigga out if he can. You know what I'm saying if he can keep that pace up for a whole body of work. Think about it, man. His first project, them motherfuckers sold 236, 240 something his first week. Motherfuckers wasn't expecting that shit. No. You feel what I'm saying? So it's just like, at the end of the day, well, no, that, that was his last album, right? No, it no was, that was Dreams Run for the Money. Dreams yeah. Run for the Money. So I'm and saying, that just so, got a platinum certification. Yeah, so he sold that many records his first week, and motherfuckers, was, stars was barely selling the bean. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? And this I is, was trying to explain to my homie, I'm like, Meek is a bigger star than Ross, and he's like arguing with me. And I'm it's like, nothing to argue about. No, I'm like, <laughs> Ross has like 4 million Instagram followers. Meek has 12. Yeah. Ross first week, last joint did like a bean. Yeah. Ross, Meek's last joint did 250. I'm like, this isn't really like a thing. I'm like, I understand Ross he's putting a great on. businessman. Yeah, he's Ross. not he's a, a bigger star than me. He's an no. icon to rap culture, but he's not a worldwide known like media. Granted, Meek guy. is worldwide known for Ross a bunch don't of even bullshit. It's another thing. Like Ross he, never toured. He his whole not, well, he career. couldn't. Wrestling. I mean, he just he's not. That's just not his. That wasn't ever his thing with selling tickets. He's a hell of a fucking businessman. He's a hell of a fucking artist. He's a he's a great fucking rapper. He just never was a tour person. But again, that starts from the very beginning of your career, of how you build your career. Yeah. Meek, first album, actually that first mixtape that spoiled the soul, broke the records and streaming and all that oh, shit. Oh, DC. DC3. It was, was three. It three or two. I'm motherfucker, went off, been, motherfucker went on two, two sold out tours on that shit by himself. No was features. Was it two? Two. Yeah, it was had, the one with the, the sky he blue, had, the bluish fucking, colors. Yeah, That's why had, I thought it was he three. He had flexing, lean with it, rock with it. Amen. Like he had like all them records, and I tell people to. all the time. And I'm like, sold yeah. out tours. Like Lean him, with Rockwood was the crazy. Shit. Going in TLA's. <laughs> that was the shit. He was going in TLA's doing multiple sh- multiple date nights. Sold out by himself. No motherfucking features. So I started to see this shit. I'm just like, this shit about to be scary. Like this shit, cause I, I'm I'm watching artists. They can't come sell no fucking tickets, man. You're actually selling records and, and selling tickets. And you rocking in the fucking clubs? Like, nah, man. You can't. That wasn't... So you can't take nothing from the situation regardless of what mistakes a person may make. Yeah. Fuck that. So if, if the music is good to you, like it. If it's not... I'm not saying you can't voice your opinion because that's what makes Twitter so great. But I think a lot of this shit don't be an opinion. It just be dicky. And it just be like, all right, well, he said it and she said it. I want to look cool to them. So yeah, I'm going to do the same thing. I have thing. This, this thing I always talk about about... Uh, Picks. I don't know if you ever seen me go off on it. Chad seen me talk about it. But uh Yeah, alright, it was too. But um I was saying the other day six million downloads on DC two. Yeah. That was the So that is that is that bad? No, that was good. So, so so what I'm saying is from a from an artist standpoint, he's done a lot. You feel what I'm saying? And he's been in he been in what did he get in come not till to oh oh nine? Deal nine ten something like that. Like you know what I'm saying, like just just think of again. 
I'm not saying you're wrong to not give a fuck about his personal life or wrong for speaking on the things that come to light. But just how you spoke on something off your opinion two years ago came to light two years later and everybody probably like, they don't even want to say I'm wrong. They want to agree with him to make it like they was all uh, uh, with the cause at the end of the day. And I think that they only go with, like, they were just dissing then the project come out, he the greatest thing ever to happen in Philadelphia. It's like, yo, you just... No, see, this is, we talk about this all the time. I'm a realist with an I-S-T. Like, I, I'm not... I don't I don't pick and choose or side just because. It's like, I'll tell you, yo, I really like this or I don't really like this. And uh, somebody the other day was saying that the... Uh, Eighth most downloaded mixtape ever. Somebody was saying it the other day to me was like, I be hating your opinion sometimes. This is on Twitter. But I like the fact that you ain't afraid to give it. And you back it up. And that's important. Yeah. yeah, and I, 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 like, I stand by. It. It's like I say something. It's me. It's not no. Chad didn't create this thought for me, and I was like, because me and Chad argue all fucking day. all day. Y'all hear? All hear day. about it? <laughs> you know. So but he know me. I speak my mind too. Like I don't give a fuck about your feelings. It's so, the truth. So that's where it's like I'm able to be like, yo, this like, how could you? This might ask me the other day. How could you say Kingdom Come was bad? I'm not even replying to you right now. <laughs> like, I don't think it was bad though. I think it was terrible. It, it's like. Maybe I'm a Jay Stan. I'm just going with, I just <laughs> don't think it was of, bad. Outside of Lost it was, Ones. It wasn't his best album. Outside of the intro, Lost Ones, and Beach Chair, cut the deck with the rest of the shit. Matt voice. Like, that's not a good album. Did you, I, I, you know what it was? You know what got me was Show Me What You Got. Musically wise. I hated that. That was awful. The music? The beat? The, the no, sounds? Once everything? I got into the backstory of how Just did it and see him create the beat, the, it made me like the song. But the, initially, I'm like, this is terrible. The beat was cool, but I mean. Like, this is calling No, it wasn't more music. than just cool. That fucking shit. I said, when I first got that record, I sent that shit to four producers. They're like, what the fuck is this shit? So you think Just production was great? Was fucking excellent. Was Jay Z great on the record? On the the actual. It, it <laughs> See, wasn't, it wasn't you mean song. on the record or, <laughs> or like no it wasn't, But it was a single. He was just. It was basically him talking shit in the single, pr- pr- promoting his, his Ace of Spades. And him talking shit in the single. It was a commercial. You know what? I'm fighting for Jay Z. It, it was a commercial. I know Wayne's freestyle over that beat, and I don't yeah. know Jay verses from that song. I can't even remember. I can't remember. And Chad, no, I know every goddamn verse out. Like, that's how I know when something is just ass. When I don't know the verse. Matt no verses he don't want to know. Real like, shit. Was it just over everybody's head? No, it oh, wasn't no. It was, I, trust me, it was. It it went in there and I just was like, no. <laughs> no. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> like, compare that to what his prior single was from his, uh, was Blueprint 2 before After Black Album? Blueprint before, 2 was before. Was before. after Black Album. No, Black, Black Album was the last album and then Kingdom Come came out. Okay, yeah. all right. Came out four years later. Came out four years later. Think about how good Hovey Baby and Excuse Me Miss was off of Blueprint 2, which is a shitty album. Think about how good those two songs are. It was shitty, though. It was shitty. It was shitty. Think about how good Change (laughs) Clothes. Jay Z Overload. Think about how good Change Clothes and 99 Problems were. The the album before Right before that. Right. Like, 99 99 Problems was great. But again, that's four years. Jay Z compared to when Kingdom Come came out. Nah, no, King, two years. Kingdom Come like was, was two thousand three, two thousand three, two thousand. American Gangster was 07. Kingdom Come was all 05. right. So what I'm saying is that's still we had a, we got an album a year from Jay, right? That was a I don't give a fuck about music. I'm a owner over here. I'm doing. I'm the, I'm the fucking Def Jam guy over here. I'm doing all this shit. To, I'm just making excuses. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is. and this is what I'll be talking about. It's like it's okay to have like there are all NBA dudes who like. Don't make the All NBA team for a year. They just didn't have a good year. It's like it happens. It's like 
No one's it was a platinum year. It just wasn't a great. It wasn't a Jay Z year we used to. I think Ross said it best. Jay Z gets measured against Jay Z, and He's like he should. That right. So it's like when I say, "Yo, uh, Blueprint Two wasn't good." I'm not saying Blueprint Two was like the worst shit ever, but compared to Volume Two, Black Album, Reasonable Doubt, Blueprint, but his energy, your partner next to you, makes it seem like it was shit. Like it was like it was shit for a Jay Z album. Okay. Like, all right, let's let's take Jay's whatever. Fuck the order. Let's take whatever Jay's top five albums are: Reasonable Doubt, Volume Two, Blueprint One, Black Album, American Gangster. It don't touch the surface of none of that shit. Nah. He's wrong. Yeah, I don't. Reasonable doubt. Reasonable Blueprint, doubt. Volume two. Black album. The dynasty. An American. An American gangster. And you still got four, four, four in the black album. That's like, what I'm saying. So I'm just like it's like really kind of like. So once you and the dynasty, even though it it was a it was a group album, but it was really his album. album. It was really his album. Dynasty was my. I ain't gonna hold. No, it was the shit. Album. It was the shit. But it was to me, it's still a commercial album. Ninth grade, I took my. Uh, ninth I was grade. I was uh, bootlegging the dynasty. Ninth grade was ninety nine. If you if somebody pull up my yearbook from ninety nine. I got on a Rockerware jean jacket. I know that shit was solely because of. Like I had a conversation with somebody. I might have been chatting somebody that was like, when this album Four 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 came out, I was like, man, you know, I hope we get an American Gangsta album. And I said the only way we can get an American Gangsta album if when we saw the visuals for Four Four Four, if it really was a movie, and it was a boxing movie, and it had anything to do with street related and shit like that. That's the only way he can get away with talking about. What he did for America, he he gave his American Gangster because of the movie, and it was like a throw up from Denzel Washington. Like, yo, I gotta, I got yeah. some shit for you to do what you gotta do. That's what made sense for that. But from a four 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 standpoint, from the minute it came on, excellent album. It's just what it was, yeah, it's excellent you know. Album. And and like, I look, I, I seen an argument on Twitter. It was like, man, he know he it was a farm system. He brought them albums. I'm like, he didn't buy shit. Y'all mad at a motherfucker for making a great business deal? A great business deal. You're mad at him for doing that for the project. I'll say, okay, fuck that. The next two weeks, it still was number one. It's not that we're mad, and don't don't that that that's that's like a. I forgot the word. Damn, whatever. I'm not mad. I was never mad at Jay Z for making good business decisions. All I said was, Jay Z has masked his album with the business decisions because Jay doesn't want to go. It's almost like. Not going into the open market. You understand what I'm saying? Is he Jay Z won't do an album and just drop it on Tuesday or Friday when everyone right. else drops their albums. Jay Z is like, nah, this album already went platinum, y'all. This album already sold a mill, y'all. So it's like it's in your head. But the, you see how they're like, yo, Jay Z went platinum in a, in five days. Then when you see the actual sales, the sound scan shit, it's like, like oh, it's two hundred and sixty thousand. Let me ask you. Yeah. Let, me, let me ask you a question then. If you was in, let's say, all right, you, you drive, you drive, you work for SEPTA, right? Right. All right, so SEPTA's make, they make good money. So let's just say, hypothetically, no, they make good money. It's cool. It's okay. It's a good job. Um, Let's say, hypothetically, you, what is, what, what, what are you into? Poker. All right. So let's just say you had a chance that it was this tor- poker tournament that was invite only, you know, and the only way you can get in this tournament is either you had to either win a million dollars a year over a million dollars a year to get even accepted into this shit or you gotta know somebody you might have let's say any of you did win a million dollars you still can't get the fuck in but you happen to know chad who know a friend who plays poker a lot who got you in people want to say oh you only got in because doesn't matter it doesn't really matter how that's just how the fucking world works you can't you you gotta make connections to make sense 
He bought a system with his his friends, is his business people. He made a connection. You know, hey, you need this market. Y'all got 69 million users, realistically. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm you not need knocking, this market. I'm not knocking any of that. I, I applaud him for that shit. That, that's dope. But, but looking at the 444 album, the, what was the last album? Magna Carta yeah, with Magna the Carter. Samsung shit. Even back to Kingdom Come with the Bud Budweiser shit. shit. It's, it's like, Jay know what he doing. Jay isn't going to just do an album and it's Look what he's competing against. He's competing against the motherfuckers. It's like, realistically, like, outside of Drake, Kendrick Lamar, and J. Cole. That's, don't count Jay-Z. But he shouldn't compete against them. That's but the it, but that's the problem. He not competing against them. It's all of us that allow, that makes the compete. I don't think we are, though. It, I don't, I, I think that. If Jay, think Jay that, had to drop that, that album and sold 150,000 units the first week, what would y'all have said? But you know what the problem is? Is the fact that Jay-Z goes on that album and says shit like, in the future, niggas playing football with your son. Uh, he it's, puts himself he, in the conversation. He goes and he does that shit. Like, remember when Drake and him dropped I'm On One, and in the Drake's verse, he said, what was the Watch for the Throne diss he put out there? Um, I know what you're talking about, but I can't. I, I can't think of the verse I know right exactly now. what you're talking about. But he, he made that Watch the Throne, and everybody went nuts. Like, oh, you coming at Jay, you coming at... You put yourself in these joints. So it's like, yeah, Drake next album sold three million copies and won like three Grammys. It's like, yeah, you got to do that because you... Shooting at him, you shit. It's just what it is. It's just the nature of the beast. It's it's rap music. I think even still, without the, I think that he had to put the album out without the download shit. I think it would have did two fifty. I think it would did like three four hundred the first week. Well, he yeah, which is not bad. He did like two seventy five the following week when it when and did another two something. Did another two something the next week. Yeah, so he, exactly. He still went number one two weeks in a row after this he shit was, was downloaded. Over a million times we, like and streams. We in a dead ball era. We not disputing the power of Jay Z as far as selling records, but you didn't sell a million, fam. <laughs> like yeah. you cooked the books, like but you got guys like but Drake see, again, that are out the, here. And Eminem is he still didn't cook the books though. He did cook the books, man. They your homie hooked you up and paid <laughs> the books a discounted cooked, <laughs> rate for a million free. Da- How do you pay for a free downloads? Like I don't understand the. I nature mean, technically, of that think about it. Think about what his project really cost him. Because his last couple projects, there is no upfront money for nobody. There's no marketing budget. There's no upfront money. And the producers he worked with, they're getting back-end deals. They're getting points. They're yeah, not absolutely. getting no money. Like, yeah. all right, well, fuck it. You about to sell a million and two million records plus streams. I'm going to make a million or two off this motherfucking album. I don't need a goddamn dime right now because when them checks come in every quarter, they lovely. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So from that standpoint... I'm not mad at him for doing it, but when Drake does a real million two and people try to discredit They're not... That, hold up. People try still to streams dis- too with Drake too. But here's the thing. He did 80, 80% pure album sales. So fuck this. Take the streams out. He still did a million. He did 1.2. This of, is views? Or what's yeah, views. views. Right. He did 1.2 on views. He did 80% pure album sales. Right, Drake this shit. I, st- I, don't, I, don't, I don't knock Drake for... the for, as Music so wise... to me, I, the way I look at it is... Jay is solely doing shit like this for vanity reasons to say, "Oh, watch this, young nigga. You ain't the only one that can sell a million. Like he don't. I don't think he gives a nah, fuck. He got all he, the money in the world. He don't give a fuck. He ain't gonna make no money nah, selling think, albums. Think, no way. I think he's setting. I think he he literally the moves that he's making. He's just setting up for the future. For, for whatever future that is, from a streaming standpoint, he's setting up for the future. And one thing I I hated when he started with title was that people had an attitude that it was him. Like, we not giving you, we don't want you to win no more. It's like, but you, 
I do know Apple is. You do know Apple has more cash than the government. Like, <laughs> they're fucking stupid loaded. So in the same time, it's like you don't have a, you have a problem giving some else some money because it's Jay Z. If it was Drake, would you would y'all have a problem with it? If it was Kendrick Lamar, would you have a problem with no, it? No, they wouldn't. So it's like the the reasons I see people having an attitude because I ain't gonna front. Uh, the hi-fi, download that shit. When you put the, the the downloads and play that shit in your car, oh man, that shit sound way better than the motherfucking the mother downloads. Way better. So for me, like it's fucking twenty dollars. Know a student, know a military person, and get it for ten dollars. The the bitching that I see is like everybody is bitching when anybody is winning within our own genre, which yeah. is fucked up. Because it's the the unfortunately for black people. We're programmed in our head to where a motherfucker can win, but you can't win but for so long to where the hate start to set. And we done seen it a million times. Floyd Mayweather is 49 and no. He come to the ring and get booed every fucking fight. He's the greatest American boxer probably since Muhammad Ali. Like, and he gets booed every Ain't single no problem. Fu- you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Nigga, every my, nigga, single my job, fight. nigga, my job. He's a day. national treasure. He was like, yo, he's like, I'm telling you, man, if, if Connor catching one of them shots, I'm like, yo, real talk. Do you watch MMA? He like, no, nah, but the ball like ferocious. And I'm like, this is how ridiculous y'all have got with Floyd. Yeah. And he said, he's like, I, I keep it being, he's like, I just don't like him. And I'm like, you do realize that your hate for this man that you've never met has you back never seen a fight in Has person. you backing niggas that don't even box. <laughs> right. Do you understand how ridiculous and don't that like is? black people. Yo, this shit is nuts. I, like, I was telling him, I'm like, this is the equivalent of basically me like, yeah, I don't fuck with Meek. Chad to destroy him in a battle. <laughs> it's like that's how ridiculous. We have but, no empirical data, no evidence, none. nothing that backs up this point. Dude, but never, fuck it. dude has never boxed. You got niggas he, like Paul Magliata and fucking other niggas who are legendary sparring partners. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know what he gonna do in there. You know, they said he got. That's a rumor. They got the, knocked the, out in sparring. The, the sparring nigga they knocked said him on his ass. The, the 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 four top people under Floyd will whoop his ass. They just won't. Get the, the you know, yeah, the amount of money no from the notoriety venues. to it. Yeah. So on y'all, on, I'm sorry to keep cutting y'all out. I'm t- yeah, kind of nah. like this y'all show and shit. But uh, <laughs> what? Nah, this is it. Is good. What do y'all really feel about you know from an aspect of like you know just forget social media and everything, sitting back, listening to wins and losses from even I even like what Spike did with the with the whole with the, the mini the, movie the, the mini movie thing. I still think they should just put it all out at once. I, would, I, I I'm waiting to come see it all the whole 22 minutes together. They but, put it out the other day on Meek uh, YouTube. All right, I'm it's gonna go watch this shit together. Yeah, that shit dope, man. Yeah. I like the even even the beginning part and like the whole some of the photography t- t- shit. I, like that shit is dope as shit, man. So I'm just trying to trying to figure out what the fuck are y'all mad at? Like Ooh. just the people. Like, oh, I'm not but the crazy part about it, I seen a lot. Of, I seen tweets from motherfuckers who are like, who like a uh, uh, what do you call it? Trolls. I just see tweets like, yo, that shit is good, and I'm like. But see, again, I said this even when the Drake shit came out. I said it's the power of music. If you drop a record or a project, yeah, I can be back on it. All that shit is gonna be over with. He was dropping them talk. three little records at the time and all that shit. Ah, uh, you had to. He still got. He ain't saying nothing about Drake, but the shit good. Like, dog, who gives a <laughs> fuck? It's like that man got that man got power over y'all. That had y'all dislike a motherfucker in y'all own world or somebody that y'all cheered on to win. All because of a mistake. Yeah. And I say it's only a mistake because it didn't go as planned. So it's a mistake. Fuck it. But at the same time, it's like, yo, like, I, I ain't going to front. Like, I, was listening, I, I might listen to 1942 about three times on the way up here, doing 130, like, in and out. <laughs> These motherfuckers, I was haul assing up this bitch. I get here. Uh, nobody's here. I've been here. I'm just, I didn't know you he was here. <laughs> I, I was outside. 
just sitting here and shit, you know. But yeah, I mean, my take on it so far, I'm not willing to give it a rating yet. But as far as what I heard, I like the album. Like, and I like the fact that he given us different shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm listening to it. So yeah, that's, that's a goal. That's an accomplishment right there in itself. I'm listening to it. I, in fact, I don't want to talk no. Sh- oh yeah, see. Oh no, that's my Drake shit. Okay. <laughs> I, I left out from the wins and losses and went to. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely same. Meek's uh, best project to date. Yeah, it's definitely his best project. I, I, can, I can tell you that just off the couple joints that I really really like on there, but um, even the joint uh fall through, I like yeah. that. That's a good ass song. Yeah. So I just finally got to that. Like I knew it was a good album when I got to We Ball and got stuck and listened to that seventy times and was just like. I'm going to just start over. You know what I'm saying? And went back. And then I finally, after like day th- two, got to the second half of the album. And I'm like, damn, like, I didn't even know what 1942 Flows was. I watched his interview with Angie Martinez, and I went back and was like, oh, this shit is crazy. Because I was already stuck on the records that I had heard, Issues. And then uh, I saw a Future on there. I'm going to gravitate to a Future record off Rip. And, um... And the sh- what Gordon did for him with that hook is crazy. I don't like singles though. Like I can't listen to singles on albums for a reason. Like I just skip through that shit because I heard this shit so many times. Yeah, I just yeah, skip I'm past the, the single. And I want to say his interviews. I heard his interview with Ebro was very good. Abs- absolutely. I didn't see that shit yet. The Angie um, Martinez one was good too. Yeah. So I want to see these interviews and and um and see what was going on with those. I keep seeing clips and shit. Like I seen the clips with him on Funkmaster Flex, going in and shit like that. Like and motherfuckers like I thought he don't do drugs no more. He could be tired. It's like he could just look yeah. tired. But like, he in every interview he did, he literally said, "I didn't sleep the night before." I got. He up, said at the end of the first like, "I'm tired of shit." I got up six this morning, got a haircut, so I could at least have some action and stay up to be able to do this shit for y'all. You know what I'm saying? And he ran back and forth to Power and Hot 97 all day. Yeah. You got anything coming up? You wanna uh, get your shit off? Nah, not really. Um, I mean, again, we got uh, the the gala, Dion Waiters, um, Miami Heat. Shooting guard, Philly Cheese, hit up big shots against, you know, a lot of big teams, Golden State, Cleveland, Underpaid. Brooklyn. Uh, we have a gala that's at Crystal Tea Barroom that's uh, August 4th from 10 to 3 a.m., 3.30 a.m. Um, Bernice, Soul Raven, audio by um, DJ Heavenly, uh, DJ A Boogie, Marty G's, um, the, a bunch of players is coming up. Because it is Danny Runt weekend, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the yeah. runt weekend, so uh, that you know, that's the playoff weekend. So that all Thursday, of the Friday, Saturday. So all the NBA players <sighs> that be in the city. Um, that I think the Heat is coming up. The whole Heat team coming up to play and shit like that. So um, it should be a, a very, very good night. It's a different situation this year. We got Marshalls doing the securing this year. Um, couple, a lot of let me see a lot of new things. Confetti machines, like a lot of bottles. Everybody dressed up. Can't really walk in there with no jeans and no shit like that on. So that's pretty cool. A bunch of concerts and shit there, man. We got coming up, man. Um, most of this shit is already sold out, so probably can't get to it. Yo, you know anywhere. what jumped? I, I I went through the Live Nation uh, Philly schedule. You know what jumped off the page of me? That kid, uh, Khaled, they got the location record. He sold out the Fillmore. Well, he sold out the <laughs> TLA in like a minute. We put it on sale at the Fillmore the next day. Same thing with SZA. She sold the pre-sold out in one minute, so that was 500 tickets. It went on sale that Friday, that was one minute. Then for like a week, you said, fuck it, we gotta put it in the Fillmore. Shit sold out in one minute. So that shit is pretty amazing, but um, yeah, a bunch of, you know, everything is on LiveNation.com for as far as concerts and shit like that. A lot of this shit is, is sold out. Two Chains coming in, um, in uh, 
uh, September. Uh, I'm trying to think. Got Made in America again. If y'all cats want to go see Jay Z and shit like that. Yeah, he's uh, headlining this shit, right? Yeah, and then um, trying to figure out. Yeah, you got that. Got Remy Ma to till latest Friday. I don't know when is when does this air? Yeah, Friday. Uh, it's gonna air tonight. Oh yeah, you got um, Remy Ma this uh this Friday at the TLA. Um, she's by herself. Uh, I'm trying to think. So you got that. We're gonna do a whole weekend though for waiters. Just trying to figure the rest of this shit out. Might have a brunch on Sunday. Might have some private shit. Just something for everybody to do because we got a lot of people coming in town. Right. Um, but again, this is the fourth year and probably average like between like a thousand, twelve hundred people. No matter what, every year of everybody having a great time and partying. Um, I'm trying to think if I'm missing something. Yeah, you got the rump still. I said the rump again. You got the rump that same weekend. Um, that's about it, man. I'm out the way. I just be chilling. A couple <laughs> new artists coming out of the city. This has actually been one of our best conversations. Absolutely. Um, I'm trying to think, man. There's a lot of new artists in the city, man, that people need to uh, pay attention to. Uh, I, 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 of course, you got Lights Camera. Um, got Nizzy Straws, young kid from South Philly. Yeah, got um, Pound Pop. Yeah, he's moving. I, I just heard about him. I reached out to you about yeah. him too. He um he out here doing his thing. Black Poppy. Um, Black um, Poppy. You got Butter the, Knife. Butter Knife is good. You got the other kid from um from Southwest. They got all the he's to be got all the girls going crazy. He's like a young P and B. Um, uh, uh, shit. Um, not Maddox. He managed by uh Mont and Quizzy. Oh, Rico. You got Rico. Yeah, Rico Havoc. Um, Ugly Nove. Yeah. Uh, I saw Nizzy Straws and Mad Ox was at the Dell the other day. They had the Dell? They was at the old head. That's what I'm saying. It was two kids. Because <laughs> no, the look, I, it, was, know, it was a black, it was a uh, Pi 99. I think know, it was I, one of them concerts. I drive up there. Yeah. So I'm leaving work and I'm, I always cut through where the Dell is. Yeah. And I see the. Your bus? Pause. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> if I happen to come on the bus. Matter of fact, just add that out, please. <laughs> please. I'm like, coming. I'm, to a I'm coming. I'm coming through the the park, and it's all these kids going yeah. to the Dell. So I'm like, I know these kids knew about the OJs and shit. I'm like, what the fuck is going on out here? <laughs> and then I, I got home and I seen on the the what's it called on Instagram the uh, Explorer page. Pay- it was Maddox and Nizzy Straws. Maddox and Nizzy Straws. I'm like, oh, that's why I was a bunch of fifteen year olds. Bunch of fidget spinners. Yeah. They run around. <laughs> Man, actually, like what? Uh, man, it's like yeah. thirteen, and Nizzy probably like seventeen. Yeah, probably years seventeen, old. eight something. Then you got a, she got somebody else uh, that's new. Her name Bree Steves. I keep hearing about her. She sing and rap. And rap. rap. She's she, she's fucking incredible, yo. Like she she got a uh, she got a record. I think she posted on social media. Is her Todd Dolla Sign and Wiz Khalifa? Like she's fucking incredible. She can make music. So what I'm basically saying is that it's a lot of shit going on in here. Whereas though that people need to come together. And because regardless of what everybody knows, as far as talent, it's a lot of people in power in the music world that are from Philadelphia. Like it's people that I know that like run companies like music companies that are from the Northeast um, or just from Philadelphia in general, whether it's Live Nation Urban, whether it's Warner Brothers. Um, Spotify's and and all these different people. Yeah, I heard the new head of marketing at Def Jam is from Philly. Yeah, like these people are from Philadelphia. Um, but let's 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 figure out a way to make them even embrace it yeah. more and love it because all these kids, man, they need opportunities. You know what I'm saying? Need. To, I mean, granted, I say all the time, man, you don't have to be an artist or a ball player or athlete to be successful in life. Like this, I like the new wave with a lot of these girls going around here being nurses and shit. These girls is under twenty five, making seventy thousand dollars a year. It's a lot of money for an under twenty five year old with no damn kids and shit like that. So, it's different situations out here that everybody can come together and make some money. Even with the nightlife shit, man. Even like I think that 
from a directional standpoint, I try to talk to the to everybody as much as possible, you know, especially if I like what you're doing. Um, if I don't, I don't know everybody. I see what be going on, and I don't know everybody. And some of this shit is bullshit. Like, I can't even lie. Like, it is what it is. But in the same time is that for us together, what we're still doing, you're hustling, and you're out here getting some money. Figure out ways to make it make sense. It don't have to be a party with 500 people in there. Right. You yourself can go out, figure out a way to get a lounge or a venue, and have 50 people in there. That's not a flop. That's fifty people that's coming home to you. Make a make it about an experience and cultivate. Your yeah, audience. and build your network. Cause I, my first party, you know, I might have had you know a couple people there. You know, I might have had a hundred people, two hundred people there. That was that was that's very small to compare to doing two thousand people and shit like that. So for that same, but I had to build this shit. And it's the same thing. Like a lot of these young cats out here. Like I said again, like the Goodfellas, yeah. they was doing Vanity Grand every once month, doing eight nine hundred people in there. You know. That's that's pretty great without a fucking artist, yeah, you know. Cause they're doing the same thing. The, the Vanity Grand is doing the same thing with an artist, and they got they bringing everybody to the city. So, from that same standpoint, like even if it's young, you're a girl, you're a guy, and you you doing these parties and shit like that, um, you don't have to. I'm not saying you don't need a team. You can you can, if you, that's what you choose to do, but you don't have to strive to try to get 500 people. Right. Because I look at it like, well, nah, I can't say that shit on here. That's what I'm about to say. Because then you got the boys looking all crazy. But no, nah, but it's like, it's good money, you know, in the same standpoint. But that as Philadelphia as a whole, it can be, this can be some good shit. Even with this podcast, I think everybody, I see how everybody promote this shit. And I seen that y'all just reached, what is it, 100,000 downloads? 500. 500,000 downloads, that's pretty, that's, you know what I'm saying? So that's actually dope as shit. So it's like, again, you see people talking and talking and talking like, yo, this shit cool, this shit dope. So. Everybody got to figure out a way to keep um, working together. And then even with the youth, as far as the entertainment aspect of the shit, motherfuckers need to support them um, in any way that they can. You know, um, I try to help out as many people as possible um, with this, this this show shit. It's just that with me, that if you want some bullshit, I ain't got time for it. Right. I'm just going to give you the game the right way. You can take it the way you want to do with it from that standpoint. So from that, parties, the nightlife and all that shit like that, with the artists and everything in the city, you know, um, this shit can be some good shit because uh, in about three years, man, five years, Philadelphia is gonna be, am- it's already amazing. Yeah. Center City is amazing. These different areas, it's, it's, you got different restaurants and everything to eat. Like everything about it is amazing what everybody is doing. You got Barb and Tasty's opening up multiple, multiple restaurants. People having daycares. People got clothing lines. Everybody doing what they doing, but you know, this shit can be really way bigger than what it is. You know, and that's my standpoint on that shit. If y'all done, you know, we can continue talking. How long y'all doing? Like, uh, we got paid for overtime or something? How nah. much time we got? I mean, we basically done now. I mean, shit, we covered a lot of bases. Um, excellent conversation. I think this is definitely one of the top two, three convos we had on the show to yeah. date. Um, you know, we just covered a lot and of just bases. Just the thing, you probably didn't info. want me on the show. Man. <laughs> I mean, I don't know you. <laughs> that's on you, though. <laughs> that's on you, though. Let's give it up for Tyler Dean, y'all. Yeah, he wasn't as bad as I thought he'd be. <laughs> he actually brought some value to yeah. the show. All right, man. Another episode of Realist Podcast Ever in the books. Make sure y'all uh, go to our website, therealistmerchever.com. Buy a shirt, buy a hat. New merch coming soon. We say this every week, but yeah. Rod's working on designs for us, so new yeah. merch coming soon. We're going to get to that. Make sure y'all follow us on Instagram, at the Realist Podcast Ever. Um, you don't have to worry about our personal social media. Follow us on Twitter, at TRPE2017. And um, make sure y'all send all y'all questions to uh, 
askchad.trp at gmail.com. And uh, feel free to send us money uh, for sponsorship and things like that. Hit that email. That's the realest podcast the ever at gmail.com. How much the sponsorships? Um, it ranges. We'll talk about that off air. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, I was I had a good time, man. Yeah. Nah, we appreciate having you, man. You know, like I said, my guy doesn't do a lot of media, but uh, we got a fantastic conversation, you know, out of it, and um, I'm sure it'll be a part two pretty soon. I doubt it. This <laughs> <laughs> is a lot. This is hard. <laughs> we out. <laughs>